Welcome to Insight Live Sunday Edition. I'm Gino, your host, and sitting next to me this evening, I have my good friend Michael co-hosting with me from Christian Patriot Network. Tonight, Michael and I welcome back returning guest, Mr. Joseph Jordan. He's a 27-year member of Mutual UFO Network, the world's oldest, largest, all-volunteer, not-for-profit, civilian, secular UFO investigation and research organization. He's currently the MUFON National Director for South Korea, the State Section Director for Brevard County, Florida, a MUFON Rapid Deployment Star Team member, and a member of the MUFON Inner Circle. By profession, he's a safety professional for Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin Rocket Manufacturing Facility in Merritt Island, Florida, adjacent to the Kennedy Space Center. He's a born-again, Bible-believing Christian and the head of CE4 Research Group, an investigative research group that studies the so-called alien abduction phenomenon from a Christian perspective. The research findings of CE4 Research Group, the most powerful evidence in the world today of the true nature of the entities behind the so-called alien abduction experience, have been published in over 37 different authored books in the past two decades. He's recently released his new book, Piercing the Cosmic Veil, You Shall Not Be Afraid of the Terror by Night, where the published findings of the 20 plus years of CE4 Research Group lean toward a more likelihood of the visitors being of an interdimensional or spiritual nature rather than the extraterrestrial biological entities. The book is now available for order on Amazon in paperback as well as in Kindle format. Please help us welcome returning guest, Mr. Joseph Jordan. Am I muted? You were. You were. <laughs> my my thumb is on the mute button, and I didn't push it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Amateur hour here, folks. Sorry. <laughs> what I was going to say is welcome to Insight tonight. Um, boy, I got to tell you, it sure is cringe when you have to listen to your voice for a minute and a half <laughs> doing the opening narration. Oh, my gosh. I almost couldn't get through it. Um, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have my good friend. Michael, my co-host with me. Michael, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Doing fine. Doing fine. It's good to see you on a Sunday night. We missed our Thursday night show because we figured this one could go a little long. Yes. <laughs> so we held off on Thursday and we were just raring to go for Sunday. And of course, we have Joseph Jordan with us. Joe, how are you? I'm great. And uh, thank you guys for having me back on. It was okay. such a great time the last time. I had a blast. I, you know, when we went off yes. the air, we talked for, me and Joe talked for like an hour, I think. <laughs> we were just, I, I could listen to Joe for like weeks, honestly. I just, uh, I'm such a, a fan and admirer of his work and what he's done for the Christian community as far as this so-called alien abduction goes. And it's just, it's, it's, there's been this narrative that's been pushed for, for decades. And I think the Christian church has kind of been just left in the dust because we were like, oh, well, we don't get into that stuff. It's monsters. It's, you know, it's it's uh, uh, goblins, you know, whatever you want to call it. But when you understand it from where Joe comes from and his research has proven over and over and over again, you understand that the church needs to be involved in this. If the church isn't involved with this, who's going to fix this problem? Hmm. Who's going to have the answer for people when they're, you know, so being abducted? And I use that in air quotes. So, you know, it's, I, Joe, we just appreciate your work. And I know uh, many, many people do. And I, this is something that needs to be pushed into the modern day church. Would you agree with that, sir? Absolutely. And I got to tell you a little story to start out. 
back in 2005, I believe it was, uh, 2004, maybe 2004, uh, my partner Guy Malone from Roswell, New Mexico, uh, he had been holding the uh, Ancient of Days UFO and Alien Abduction Conferences uh, during the Roswell UFO Festivals that happen every July 4th weekend. Well, in 2004, we decided to mix the, the speakers in the conference. So he brought in a mix of Christian speakers from our perspective, along with the top secular speakers. And it was the most fascinating conference that uh, I think I was ever part of because everybody got along so good. And the panel discussion is what I'd like to tell you about. We got to the last day and we, we were at the panel discussion. And I remember Stephen Bassett, who is one that's been pushing for government disclosure for <laughs> decades now, uh, but such a fascinating, smart man. And he brought up a point during the panel discussion because somebody had asked, you know, that, that question is, how is this going to affect, you know, the church uh, when disclosure comes out that we're not alone in the universe? And the part that he went after is, well, not just the church, but people in general that we're not alone. And he made a point to say that, you know, there is an organization out there there is organization out there to be able to help these people and to be able to comfort them and get them to um, you know a better understanding of maybe what's happening here and he said it was the church hmm. and i thought wait a minute i think he might be hoping that would be the answer where people would go for comfort you know, to learn something about, you know, a worldview that they've never expected to, to experience. But I had to take the mic after that. And I said, you know, I got to disagree with that because I don't feel that the American church is ready yet to fill that position and fill that need because they're not looking at this or accepting it as even happening, more or less trying to understand what it's about and how to help people. And that's why I hope shows like this, you know, give us that opportunity where there'll be pastors listening and go, hey, I need to wake up to this and I need to understand more about this because it's coming. Yeah, I'm with you 100%. Michael, were you about to say something? Oh, it just it just seems to me the modern Christian church, uh, there's a lot of the modern Christian church that the supernatural is, is almost kind of discounted. It's, oh, it's a thing of the past. Like, uh, you know, miraculous healings that, that, that just happened back then, you know, that, that attitude and idea, you know, well, Jesus just cast out demons then, um, that these things aren't, you know, things of today. And, and I think that they've always been things we've dealt with. I was thinking after our last uh, show with you and our last discussion about how you explained, you know, the, the non-existent phenomena in the black community versus in the white community and how over the generations these things could have very well manifested themselves in whatever belief that person may have whether it be flying saucers and aliens or uh chupacabra or whatever it could be you know some sure. kind of thing that you know the, the bigfoot or the sasquatch uh, all of these different things based off of somebody's level of belief maybe in those things 
uh, it's just a thought that I had after you were explaining that it kind of stewed around in me for a while. You know, in, in other parts of the world, <clears throat> they have similar stories, but it's not by aliens. I had the opportunity to, to meet a head of the Assemblies of God Church from, uh, I think it was Liberia, and uh, years ago when I first started out. And he wanted to talk about what I had come across because that he was seeing similar stories in the culture there where the experience is almost identical. People believe that they are taken, not by aliens there. Here they do, but not there. And instead of being taken to a spaceship, they're taken to an, under the water in a lake. And they come to a crystal city and their messages that they get are very similar um, to what we're getting that this is, you know, not what it appears to be that what they believe is what it appears to be. You know, it's everything to get them off that focus on God, mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it, it's fits the culture and fits the time. We see that over and over. And I brought it up in the last show, but this UFO phenomenon that we're looking at here today, this modern part of the phenomenon, is primarily a westernized, modernized, got to say it, but Christianized culture, okay? And that's where this phenomenon rears its ugly head. It's in a totally different guise in other areas of the world. Very interesting. Which indeed. Which makes sense though. I mean, because our culture has been so sci-fi. I mean, if you think about it, what Flash Gordon back in the thirties, uh, they're showing rocket ships and aliens, or not aliens, but monsters, whatever you want to call them. Um, so it's kind of we've been indoctrinated with our culture and with our movies and books and all this stuff. And you kind of just it's almost like you expect something to happen now. You, you've got this expectancy yes. within you, like, oh, yeah, it could happen at any moment. A mile-wide craft could come, you know, from the sky and overtake a city, like Independence Day or something. And it's, I think that's that's where we've all been kind of brainwashed without even knowing it. And, Joe, you know, along the same lines, so before we go any further, I wanted to ask you this last time. I think I forgot. Disclosure. What, what would your definition of disclosure be? Because I think yours is going to be quite different than what... <laughs> oh, good question. <laughs> what good others, question. others would say. The disclosure that I'm trying to share with people, because I believe that we have disclosure as believers. And I don't think that... How do I say that? Um... I think we have a foundation to judge this phenomenon by. And like I talked about in the last show, I've had an opportunity to look at this in three distinct perspectives. And it wasn't until I got to this Christian perspective, meaning not a church perspective, but a perspective of looking at it from God's, God's eyes through his word, not wearing a pair of UFO glasses and looking at it or new age glasses and looking at it, but just letting God speak to us through his word. And what does it say about this phenomenon? Mm -hmm. And everything points that this is absolutely what is spoken of in scripture. That's going to be the disclosure. I believe eventually people are going to understand. 
especially if we could get this information out and get them to look at it from all the perspectives together, they'll see that this is the only one that fits. Um, everything we're seeing here matches the hosts of heaven that are written about in scripture, the angelic host. We see in scripture where they've been able to manifest to humanity to give a message for God. Uh, and the manifestation is the key point that we need to look at here and how that happens. Because I believe that's what we're seeing with these UAPs is the same type of manifestation from angelic hosts. And I don't think anything else describes this any better. They're not going to get the answers through physics or science. Mm. They're going to try to, but it's not about that. It's about an ability of an angelic host. Recently, I just came across some some great information where I got to listen to um, some imams from the Arab world talking about this phenomenon. And you know that they support what I've been able to show here. They, they look at this as, again, messengers from God, spiritual messengers from God. They call them the jinn. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you look at what the jinn actually is, from the Christian perspective, you actually see that the jinn are deceptive, okay? Um, there's issues there. They're not the same, the same messenger hosts that God himself sent, okay? These jinn are messenger beings also, but it's a different message that they bring. The show that I was listening to where they were getting deep into the, explaining how the Arab people understand what this phenomenon is because they relate it to the jinn like we relate it to the heavenly hosts ourselves um, they made the similarity of what the experiences were being reported at skinwalker ranch hmm. were identical to what you would see from the jinn okay hmm. those things that are being experienced at skinwalker ranch is not something that we would believe to be God's messengers, angels right. coming to minister to humanity. Okay, mm -hmm. the the uh, the dog-like appearance that they're seeing there in some of the appearances, they're saying that goes straight to the messages of the jinn, straight to the history of the jinn, that that type of appearance. But we know that the jinn are from the fallen side. If you look at it from the Christian perspective, not from God's heavenly good messenger angels. So we have two major religious belief systems that are both accepting the idea that this is a spiritual being manifesting physically. It's just that they don't agree on what side they're on. Interesting. So this Jin is that G-I-N? J-I-N-N. J-I-N-N. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. So there, there, there would be the entities, I guess, that would be telling you the the, the influences that you would have to uh, line up with scripture, I guess, that, you know, where they're telling you things that don't line with scripture. They would be the ones that supporting the Islamic scripture. OK, gotcha. Yeah, okay. I was that which, was my that was my yeah. question. Was it the Muslim? Population? Yeah. yeah, which we don't which we do know doesn't line up with the word of God mm -hmm. as Christians believe. You know, and you get these people that try to tell you, well, you know, we all worship the same God. But if you look at the messages that are coming 
from this so-called same God. It's confusing. It's contradictory between the different belief systems. Mm -hmm. So if that was true, then I wouldn't want to follow this guy because he's a liar. Mm -hmm. Mm. So the answer to that one is we're not following the same God. We're follow Christians are following the big G God. Mm-hmm. But I think that all the, the other systems have been following the little G, the lesser gods that are just, you know, created beings, heavenly beings by our creator. Well, they love to throw around that we all come from this, you know, Abraham seed, right? You know, that's the, sure. the connection between well, the three we all, yeah. but, <laughs> but, you, but it's not that that doesn't prove that we're following the same God. That's what always has irritated me is they'll say, well, right. you know, the three great religions of the world all came from Abraham, stemmed from Abraham's bosom. And it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean that we're chasing after the same God. No. I mean, I think that's, that's ridiculous to just put everybody in the same bag and say, yeah, you know, well, they're all the same. There's, there's, there's a huge difference between us. And, you know, and uh, when Muhammad was, I think he was in the cave when he received the, uh, you know, the message, right? Um, from an angelic from host. an angelic host and and it's and i did he think it was uh was it gabriel i can't remember right what, uh, right um you know and and what does the bible say it says test the spirits exactly and, and i don't know there was no, I, there was no, no record of test <laughs> yeah no, no there's no record of testing right. there yeah it's just a record of acceptance yeah mm-hmm. and same thing with the mormons the mormons had the same right. same experience so you know, yep. they come as an angel of light <clears throat> with new intelligence. And, and if you think about it, that's what the aliens always say. Uh, we're bringing you some new intelligence, things that, that were hidden from you. Now it's time for you to, you know, experience this and, and, under, and have new understanding and all these things that make, you know, prop us up and make us feel good about ourselves. It sounds and like the Garden of Eden almost. It sure does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> very, <laughs> very Nothing's similar. changed. <laughs> same tactics. Same yeah. Tactics. So, it's, just, it's just the emperor's new clothes. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was I was actually this just popped into my mind as we were talking about this. Have you looked in uh um have you looked in at all to these people that are doing this crazy DMT research? Uh and seen some of their stories and what they've seen yes. in comparison to the testimonies that you've you've gathered. Yes, and what's interesting and it doesn't this is those red flags of ufology I talk about. Things that don't make sense and things that should be questioned a little deeper. You know, if you're going to look at this phenomenon at all, honestly, in the DMT research, uh, especially the research that was done out in New Mexico um, on a grant that they were able to do, you know, proper testing and everything, proper conditions to put these people under, there were testimonial evidence of the experience where people under the influence of DMT, which is like I this derivative from ayahuasca mm-hmm. um they were seeing this is that red flag they were seeing the same beings that are reported during an alien abduction experience how is that even possible <laughs> how does that even make sense only from a spiritual standpoint exactly mm-hmm. wow exactly so they're accessing these these beings through a forced means not not they're not accessing that's that's a that's a misnomer that's being put out they're being accessed gotcha this is this is what's happening with the ce5 protocol from Mm -hmm. dr stephen greer they're calling them in they're pushing the idea that you can 
reach out and contact them. That's not what's happening. You are opening yourself up to be contacted by them. Okay. That's totally different. And you know, this, this whole thing that's that, like, I, I think I've talked about it before that title that Whitley Strieber used communion for his book. Mm-hmm. Where, and he still states this on his show. Uh, I've heard him just recently still talk about that. You know, he says, this is all about communion with these entities. This is in no way a communion as we know communion mm-hmm. to be. Communion is is both ways, okay? It's Jesus says so that he could come in and sup with us, okay? Mm-hmm. That's it. He's, he's asking us to welcome him in, okay? But these entities don't work that way. They they will take control. They come in at their at their choice, not at your choice, okay? Because there's a lot of people that do this that don't get contacted. Mm-hmm. This this whole thing is a one way communion, okay? It's it's not a communion that's both ways, and the difference is is the Christians through a relationship with Jesus Christ and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to commune with the creator of the universe it it builds that builds back that connection that was lost in the garden that's why jesus came here yes to be able to do that for us but these entities they're not giving you that ability mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to do that with them okay they they want to counterfeit that whole concept but it's absolutely a counterfeit so what you're saying is the some of these people are deceived believing that what they're doing is actually initiating it but they're they're yes indeed what they're doing is is allowing the initiation to occur but they think they have some role or power in it as far as uh oh yeah well I've contacted them versus you know opening a door that they don't see the danger in that's Correct. Very interesting. I and, saw that with Stephen Greer right away. When when yeah. when I saw the whole CE five thing, I thought, "Wow, like this is to me, this is like incantation. You're doing, you know, this is like me sitting around a table with a with a <laughs> with a pentagram on it and candles trying to speak mm-hmm. to spirits. I, I'm I don't like this. I don't like where no. this is going. Or a Ouija board. I mean, mm-hmm. why pay for the app when you can just get a cheap Ouija board from Walmart? Yeah, you know, and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they man. don't want to talk about that. No. Well, that's kind of what they were doing with the experiments back in what was it the fifties? Um, oh, I forgot the name of the group. Um, um, MK Ultra. No, um, they were they were opening portals. They were L. Ron Hubbard was involved. And Parsons. Oh, Parsons. The, uh, the remote viewing. Yeah. And well, Jack was it Parsons? It was. No, they no. were they, they were trying to open portals yeah. out there to oh, be able that's to, right. yeah, to let them through. I forgot oh. the name of the project, but uh, was it wasn't it a guy's name? I think it was someone's name. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean that's it's it's kind of the same trick just repackaged it seems like over sure. and over again and it and mm-hmm. this is the thing um the bible i believe it's in deuteronomy talks about do not be engaged in divination sorcery now when, <clears throat> obviously i think we all understand that sorcery is pharmakia so you're talking about ayahuasca and and you know in opening our minds with these mind altering drugs sure. um, lsd back in the 60s with you know they were experimenting with mk ultra and all that so it's what does that do that that opens the the third eye you know as uh, the new agers would call it uh, sure. and the buddhist and and it allows these spiritual entities to be 
not I don't want to say like you said they it allows them to access us it opens a door for them to us and that's exactly why God forbid it for his people because obviously God knows the end from the beginning he's way smarter than any of us put together and it's he understands there's there's a danger involved in that but yet people still want to experiment because they think they're missing out on something or they just love the experience of knowing that there's something uh, um, unseen, but it's it's mysterious and it's yes. engaging. You know that I think there's a an allure to that 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 draws people in, and that's why they get engaged in like Ouija boards and and seances and you know all these other things. Well, if you yeah. listen to some of their testimonies too, the ones that have become Christian, a lot of them talk about it being about being accepted, loved, and power, and having some sense mm -hmm. of power. And it's funny because it's almost like a faux power. They don't really have power, but they have a feeling like they have power. Yes. And uh, it's it's a scary place to be because it's harder to I think it would be harder to come out of that to come to the truth. than it would be to just be your, you know, everyday unbelieving person is just like, well, I don't believe in all that, you know, that I can't see. Well, that was the whole lie from the garden that you, too, can be like God. Oof. That was the same thing. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for the exact same thing. Man. You know, I remember when I was younger, I was really, I really was into the UFO thing. I mean, when I was a kid, I just, you know, I wanted to see one. I, I, I wanted to, I, I don't think I ever wanted to be abducted, so to speak, but I definitely wanted to see a UFO. And my aunt, I remember she always told us this story. And I, to this day, I still don't know if it's true. She, I know she believes it. I just don't know if it actually happened. She was in her backyard and she was doing some gardening. It was like uh, early spring, I think, or, or I'm sorry, it was late spring. And she's kind of, you know, potting some plants and things like that. And all of a sudden she just felt an eeriness behind her. And she said she turned around and she saw these lights in the sky and it was just sitting there. And she knew she had a feeling it was observing her. And she said it just creeped her out and she stared at it for a couple seconds and then it was gone. It, I find it very, um, maybe ironic is not the word, but peculiar is probably the better word, that these ships, supposedly, we can sense them spiritually. Like there's this, you can, you, there's like a, this vibration almost inside of us, like, oh, something's weird. And, and they know us somehow from the ship that's supposedly, you know, a couple miles away. <laughs> And I find, I've always found that intriguing because I'm like, okay, well, what kind of intelligence would it be where they know our thoughts on the ground and they're a couple miles in the air? But when you understand it from the demonic realm and how the demonic realm communicates amongst itself, it, it, it really isn't that mysterious. The Bible, the Bible clears it up for us. And, and they don't know our thoughts. They know our actions and our intentions. Because they watch us all mm -hmm. the day long. They're watching us now. They're mm -hmm. listening to us now. Mm -hmm. Everything that we speak about, we're giving them ammo to work against us. Everything, All of our actions, all of our things that we think we hide from everybody, they see it. God sees it. But they mm -hmm. use it against us. God's given us forgiveness as believers for things that we do past, present, and future. But these entities, there's no forgiveness. They're going, aha, mm -hmm. so much of a believer he is. Look what he's up to. And they'll use it against you. And you think that they could read your mind. 
but they're not. They're just watching every single action, listening to every single comment. When you make a, you know, a snide remark about mm-hmm. somebody, guess what? They heard it. They can use that to build a, you know, a terrible relationship with somebody else. You know, this, this whole thing is, is just so mind blowing when you try to really get deep into it and see how powerful this whole delusion is. Well, the power of life and death are in the tongue. And, you know, if, if we're speaking life, uh, to to the spiritual realm. And when we speak, we are speaking to the spiritual realm, just like you said, whether we know it sure. or not, you are. And so your words mean a lot. Um, I mean, look, God spoke the universe into being. So speaking, there is a power in speaking. Now, I'm not of that, you know, word faith thing where you call things as though they be not. There's um, a power in his speaking. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so when we speak something negative, it, it gives them an opportunity to use it against us and to curse sure. us and to curse our bloodlines and curse, you know, uh, people around us, friends, family. So that's why God said to be so careful with your speech. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, but also to show that we can prove what we believe by the way we walk out our faith before people and the way we speak. So that's important too. But, but there is a spiritual side that I think a lot of Christians maybe either forget or they're unaware of, or, or maybe they're just ignorant of because not many pastors really, they'll talk about power of life and death are in the tongue and they'll take it kind of out of context. And uh, that usually that's talking about another brother or sister we're talking about, but right. you can broaden it out and say, you know, Hey, it, it does apply in other areas and if the demonic realm, you know, the Bible talks about familiar spirits. These, just like Joe said, these familiar spirits have been around for thousands and thousands of years. They know you better than you know yourself. They watch yep. us all the day long. They watch your family. You know, I I've, I, I always laugh at these shows that are on TV that, you know, the, the guy, you know, what is it? Uh, um, I forgot that guy's name that's on TV. He'll say, oh, your great uncle, uh, you know, Johnny is says that you loved red balloons and, and, uh, you know, and, and, and it, he, you were, your favorite number was 14 and, you know, and I'll, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, come on. Oh, Miss Cleo. Cleo. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's so obvious. Like, and my wife used to say, oh, they're just making up. I'm like, no, they're not making up. He's actually hearing things, but he's listening to demonic voices. These are familiar spirits that the Bible says do not engage with. So we have to be aware of the devil's ploys. We do. There, there was a question in the uh in the chat that i thought was very interesting and it was basically it was uh but if there are bad aliens demons don't you think this is there are probably good aliens angels and um i have a personal experience with that uh my wife and i were involved in a really bad car wreck and an 18 wheeler smashed our car i mean we we should have we should have died and the lord saved us but as soon as i was outside of that car there was a male and a female there that both told me that they were like first responders like i'm a nurse and i'm a firefighter and i was like wow my wife's pregnant get in there you know these people disappeared i could not find them i didn't know who they were there was no way i could send them a thank you note nothing but i know dang well that the lord sent those two whether they were angels in you know that look like human beings whether they were just people good samaritans or whatever i couldn't tell you but 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 my inkling had been, you know, these, these are angels. These are, these are two to come to minister to me in my moment where I don't know if my wife's going to live and my daughter is going to live, you know, and they had a calming, you know, their, their presence provided me with a peace that I didn't have until I saw them. And so I think, yes, I think that there are good angels. I just don't think that 
we we get to them by doing drugs and looking in the sky and trying to call in lights that we can't communicate with. You know, that that to me is I don't think we manifest the angels. I don't think that's up to us. I think no. that's up to God. The other part of that question is, I think, was asking whether there could be good aliens, too. Mm -hmm. OK, let's get into that a little bit. I've dealt with this over the years, many times. You can go on and look at many people talking about their great experiences with these so-called aliens. Mm -hmm. And it's never the grays. Oh, here we go. Back into that racist stuff again. <laughs> uh, you know, this is the one Nordics. of those red flags that just keeps popping up. I got to talk about it so people mm -hmm. understand it. You know, it, it's never a good message from these so-called grays and reptilians that people encounter. The ugly colored aliens, you know, it's not the ones of color. The good messages, here's the white supremacist stuff again, uh -oh. uh, come from the Nordics, the ones mm -hmm. that are that are look like they're beautiful Nordic beings, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, physique and powerful, long blonde hair, they come in robes. Uh, and Blue they eyes. talk like they're, you know, they talk like they're super spiritual <laughs> yeah. beings. And they're the ones that are the good aliens, okay? Mm. The thing is, the message that they bring is what gives them away. Because these are the guys that give the messages, okay? These are the ones that are what you've been believing is not what you think it is. God is not real creation is not real the bible's not real jesus is just another one of us uh, uh, you know an ascended master that we sent for a time in humanity to help in their growth just like we did with muhammad and krishna and buddha you know this is the communication that you get so this is telling you that they're liars yep. okay mm -hmm. uh, they're not to be trusted what we're seeing here is when they come by even if a lot of these people have had the horrific experiences with the grace first, and then these step in going, say, uh, you know, we're talk. here to help you. Yeah. And <laughs> that was just something you had to go through. Uh, excuse me. That's called conditioning. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what we're dealing with here in a nutshell is the same thing you see on TV with the shows where you've got good cop and bad cop, excuse me, but they're both cops. Mm -hmm. And we're dealing with two aliens, okay? They're both bad hmm. because there are no good. God is not going to send good aliens to communicate with us. He's going to make sure that everything, and it's not going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. The beings that came and messaged, that, that, that gave messages to humanity were always very specific okay in the message they right. didn't come in some strange appearance no they came in the appearance of us so that we could recognize them and understand them none of these aliens do that okay and the message is not one that lines up with god's word right. so yes there are good aliens and bad aliens but they're both from the same source they're both from the dark side two sides one is of the same just coin. Like one is just better at the deception than the other. Well, Joe, would you think, would you say that 
Uh, we do know that there's there's different uh, hier hierarchies in the angelic realm. Would you say like even the demonic realm has a hierarchy of of you know maybe you know I don't know captains, lieutenants, you know whatever you want to call them in some kind of military fashion where maybe maybe these little grays which you know they're all masquerading. Let's just put it sure. put it out there. They're not that's not what they really look like. But the sure. Bible does say they can masquerade as look. There's many appearances of angels in the Bible where they thought they were just regular men yes showing up so these yes. things can somehow they can you know shape shift whatever you want to call it you know masquerade maybe they have halloween costumes stored up somewhere and they they put them on i don't whatever <laughs> whatever yeah, they're it's, doing it's deception yeah. and just like you said it's good cop bad cop same same coin but maybe there is um a pecking order in the demonic realm even though it's we know it's it's pretty much chaos there uh, but maybe there's a, like a pecking order where they tell them, Hey, you, you little runts, you're doing this. You're, you're the peons, you know, we're, we're higher ascended, you know, angelic, uh, beings or something. I don't know. It's just speculation. I don't think we can really prove that, but I think it's more planned than all of that. I think all of this is, I see too much order here. We see disorder, but I actually believe that this is all order to give the appearance of disorder hmm. so that we never get to the truth of the matter. Mm -hmm. Remember, I believe that we're dealing with a strong delusion. I believe that the king of all this behind it, the, the puppet master himself is God himself. Hmm. God says he would send this strong delusion. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there's many aspects of it, not just the UFO part of it, uh, the ghosts and the fortune telling and the psychics and the, the drugs, everything. It's all part of this delusion. It's all, to get our eyes away from the one true God and not trust his word. So I see this as being just deep and complicated so that we cannot get to an actual truth on it. Because he said this would be so powerful that if it were possible, it would deceive the very elect. Mm -hmm. That's telling mm -hmm. us that this is going to be something that we can't even comprehend how deep this is and how convoluted it is and how complex it is so i don't believe we're seeing disorder among ranks i think we're seeing an absolutely planned out in order attack on humanity that god has given them the ability to perpetuate because he sent this he's got them bound though to a point because these aliens don't kill people mm-hmm you know that there's no record of them actually killing people hmm. not that it's been proved so that's another red flag if they are so powerful so high in technology and they're such a threat to our national security and our airspace which our government's trying to tell us they are so that they can get us to follow and trust them for our protection mm -hmm. um why haven't they hurt anybody because they darn sure should be able to. Mm -hmm. It's because, again, as we see in Scripture, like the story of Job, he said, you can test him, but you can't kill him. Gosh, that's We're such seeing a... the same thing. That's such but a you know great what they point. Do? Yeah, but you know what they do to people? They get you to want to kill yourself. Uh -huh. mm. Because suicide mm. stories... Right where people say they've been driven to the point of putting the gun in their mouth because they can't get to the answer to, for help. 
They can't understand what's happening to them and it's driving them mad. My, my co-author, you need to hear his testimony, Jason December. He, is, he was driven to that point. They drove him to the point where it's just better to die than try to live through this. Man. And he's That's not tough. alone. Yeah. You know, that brings up a good point. If, if they're so superior to us and their intelligence levels are just off the charts, why aren't they just like using their laser weapons and, and you know, evaporating buildings and, and killing uh, the human race and overtaking Earth like they do in the movies? Because that's not the purpose of the whole thing. Right. The whole thing is for us to be eternally doomed. That is what they want. They want us to lose salvation mm -hmm. or not receive the blessed hope that was promised to us by God the Father. Mm -hmm. Take our eyes off the one true God, you miss it. And when right. you get to the end of the book, there's a consequence for missing it. That's what this is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they're playing the long game. Yep. Yes. For sure. Uh, they've been playing a really, really long game, long game. <laughs> an eternal game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, so, oh, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Well, you meant you, you mentioned how um, how complicated and deep you know the deception can go uh, with this this strong delusion, and I found that even with my studies of the Bible, that the more I study and try to take the lenses of what somebody has told me off, the simpler the message is that I receive from the Bible. It's 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 really almost not all the books of course but a lot of it is is becoming more and more clear and simple to me not overly complicated and i find that sometimes when something's very complicated with scripture it's because i've listened to somebody over here who had some kind of commentary or you know take away from the scripture that's not really aligned with scripture and i right. find that this is the this is a really good tool that the enemy uses against us in every area of life is this you know confusion and uh, making things overcomplicated because we have this powerful mind that God gave mm -hmm. us that was opened, obviously, by eating this fruit of knowledge. And that's all I see us doing constantly now is like seeking higher knowledge, more knowledge. And it goes right along with this delusion of ascension. And, you know, the, these beings are here to, to, to bring us into the, the, the age of Aquarius. And we're going to, you know, we're going to be we're going to be like gods. Um and so anyways, that's just a, a thought I had was about that whole, you know, the idea that when things become very complicated, it seems like, you know, the enemy might be involved with that. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, it, he says in Scripture that we come to him like little children, mm -hmm. you know, innocent, not with predispositions or preconceived notions, because that's what gets us in trouble when we read mm -hmm. God's word. Because we want to come to God's word with preconceived notions that we picked up through our life mm -hmm. and try to look at his word through that. You, you've got to put those away. You've got to take those glasses off and let God speak to you as God. Yes. And when you can do that and not look for it to be complicated, but just sit back and let him talk to you in the most simplest form. It just opens up to where you're going, oh, my <laughs> I've missed this all along because I wasn't allowing it. Not because he made it complicated, because I made it complicated. That dang pride can get in the way, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, Be the Light 82 in the chat said uh, they've always been um, curious. <clears throat> See, curiosity can be okay, but mm -hmm. when curiosity piques your interest into the unknown, that's when it can become very dangerous if you don't know what the Bible says about the spiritual realm. So 
curiosity in general, I mean, that's how we have, that's what science is being curious. You know, we're, we're digging and trying to find evidence and facts, but, but there is a, there is a line and there is a line that God made very clear not to cross. So if we start crossing into these, these unknown things, like, I mean, the Ouija board always comes up because I think that was, you know, when kids are little, they dabble in it. Oh, this is fun. And oh my gosh, it's moving. Oh, it's so weird. You know, and all these, these things that intrigue the human mind, because we know that that you know we all get the the chills, right? When you see something like that, or it's it, you oh. get that that weird sense. And there's something about that, like even when we drive by a car accident, and everybody's kind of gawking, and and they like, oh, I hope I don't see something, but yet you still look. There's it's sure. this weird curiosity inside of us that wants to just know the unknown, and I mean that's what the devil tempted Adam and Eve with in the garden. Yep. You you can be like him. You can be God. Yeah, he's all knowing, but you can be just like that. And, well, and you know, there is something God to... God has given us a guidebook to 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 is is the litmus paper for everything hmm. that come that we come across. We're supposed to take everything to God's word. It's got to line up. If it doesn't line up, it's not from him. You know, a long-time fellow believer came up with one of the most powerful little coined phrases for what the Bible is. And uh, that's my longtime friend, L.A. Marzulli. And he calls the Bible the guidebook mm -hmm. to the supernatural. And if people would pay attention to what he, when he says that, is if you see something that doesn't make sense that seems to be in the supernatural, the answer for what you're looking at is in scripture. The litmus paper for what you're looking at is in that scripture. The testing of the spirits is in that scripture, mm -hmm. in that Bible. It's there. That's what you're supposed to be going to, not to YouTube, not to Facebook, not to the guys down the street that are into who knows what and listen to them as the, you know, the ones for the, for the source of information to tell you the truth. No. It's that guidebook to the supernatural, which was given to us so that we would be protected and we would be guided to truth. I agree. Amen to that. I agree. Uh, Actually, that was another thing that Be the Light said was about, well, don't you think the enemy has corrupted the Bible? And I, I just, I, my wife and I have talked about this, and I personally, I, I stay away from that. I believe God preserved his word for us in this generation today, and it's the way he intended it to be. Thank you. I, I, mm -hmm. Because if you get into that thinking, man, w then where's your belief? I mean, yeah. what, what then yeah. where are you where are you going to get get your faith from? Well, where are you going to get your truth from? You've got um, nothing. But it's right. it's it, this isn't even a matter of opinion. Historical records show mm -hmm. that the word of God, the 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 Bible we have today is very very accurate and and historical. Mm -hmm. And yes. and you any theologian, anybody that knows anything about the biblical text and, and the original manuscripts and uh, uh, autographs and all that stuff. It's it there. The, the details in the Bible are so amazing. Just the history itself is incredible, but the prophecy, 100%, the, the prophecy mm -hmm. blows your mind when you see, yes. especially about Jesus himself. I mean, the prophetic right. word is incredible. There, the, the little errors that, that are in, in the Bible are like numerical numbers. Like somebody put an extra zero or, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that doesn't <laughs> change. It, it doesn't change the meaning no. of, of the gospel or the, or the or, message or from, from cover to cover. 
See, or it's this taking is a, two verses out of context, completely yeah. separate verses from different different books, and going, "Oh, look, it contradicts itself." It doesn't, though, if you a read question, those two in context. A question like that is usually coming from listening to somebody else yes. tell you mm -hmm. that, yeah. "Oh no, what about the missing books in the Bible? Mm -hmm. Look at the Council of Nicaea; right. they took all these right. these books out." Yep. Well, think about what you're saying here, because are you saying that? God is not more powerful than the Council of Nicaea. I think that God used the Council of Nicaea to get it to where it needed to be. Mm -hmm. I if you think that God is lesser than any man <laughs> that you believe has done something to God's word to make it less, then you're not believing in a God at all. Right. That that that's a it's a very uh slippery slope to get on I've, yes. I've noticed that people talk about this and and that doesn't mean you know because we do over on my channel we do ancient text readings you know so i i go over to maccabees and we might read enoch we might read these extra books but they're extra biblical and i yes i'm ensured to make sure that when i talk about these things and i'm reading these things i'm not taking this as as scripture because my scripture comes from the word of god from the bible yes. nothing outside of that um and so it's just it's important that we look at God's word for what it is, that it is God's word, that if he intended us to have more than what is in the Bible today, we would have more than what's in the Bible today. I, I truly believe that you couldn't carry everything in the back of your trunk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he's given us he's given mm -hmm. us something we can hold in our hand. Yes. That we can use to test everything. You think, think even about just the book of Revelation alone. You can go in there and you can read that John is instructed to write to seven churches at the time. He yeah. wrote seven of that manuscript before sending them to seven separate churches, mm -hmm. which I'm sure the congregations were like, oh, we got to transcribe this right away. I'd be writing it down if I got, oh, look at this prophetic word for, you know, the last remaining apostle alive. You know, we need to write this down. And so how many thousands of those manuscripts were available at the time they were sitting down and going, okay, this is going in here, you know, where it is. There must have been thousands. And so sure. they could have easily looked at the ones that were in error and discounted those and looked at all the ones that line up with each other. And to me, it, it, it just shows, you know, that, that God is very orderly and detailed. And, you know, back when you had the prophets of old, they were saying, you know, they, they saw things that God told them not to talk about. We get the whole thing in our Bible, and it's amazing. It's awesome you know, that we have the whole thing. What, what people seem to be missing is they want to say that the Bible's inerrant. One thing, if they would really get into studying it, because most of the people that say this are into the supernormal mm -hmm. to begin with. They just don't want that to be better than <laughs> what they're getting into. The thing is, when you really take time to study God's Word, you will find out that there is nothing more supernatural on this planet than that book nothing more it was written over thousands of years over how many different authors mm -hmm. yet it is inerrant and it runs with a fine thread from right. beginning to end it's unbroken mm -hmm. that's not humanly comprehensible more or less doable this is actually the most supernatural thing on this planet right you want to study supernatural? Study God's word. That yes. will blow your mind. Yes.
40 There's different so authors, much. four different continents over what, uh, 25, 3000 years. Uh, yep. and the message is the same. And you know, it's the endurance of the word of God is, is incredible that it has yes. been through, through decade after decade after, you know, millennial, uh, millennia. It's just amazing that we still have the same book The the Dead Sea Scrolls proved all kinds of good things for us as Christians to hold on to. Um, it's, I, I don't even, you know, I still laugh when people question whether Jesus actually existed. There's more evidence <laughs> for Jesus existing as a man on earth than there is, of, sure. you know, of, uh, I think, Plato, <laughs> you know, that Plato actually existed. So it's, you know, it's ridiculous, some of the claims. But when you really delve into it, and just, just like Joe said, it is the most supernatural book because it's, it's, it's God's love letter to us as his creation, giving us the manual to life. I remember when I was a new Christian and I started reading God's word on a regular basis, I was blown away. I was just like, is he speaking to me? Like, how could he just be speaking to me? It was so personal. Um, but then, you know, I started, your mind gets in the way, right? So you start thinking, oh, wait a minute. Oh, this is a contradiction right here. Ah, see, I found an error. <laughs> and then, then I'd read a couple books later. I'm like, oh crap, that's not an error. That's, that's okay. He's no. showing a different angle. And you just, it's so funny how the human mind just wants to disagree with it. Yes. But, but your spirit understands like, no, this is, this is legitimate. This is God's word for you. But there's also an enemy that wants you to miss, to not believe it and misunderstand it. Mm -hmm. Because the enemy also knows how powerful that is. He knows that he's also supernatural, but there's nothing more true than the word of God. That's right. why it's so difficult when you talk to people uh, about their, the experiences they've had trying to read God's word. The enemy does everything he can to keep you from reading it because he knows that you will find truth there. It's tough even for good Christians to read the word regularly mm -hmm. because the attack is just unbelievable. He doesn't want you to get to that truth. The enemy does not want that to happen. This is why it, it, these people are, have come against it so hard because they're believing the lies of that enemy. Ah, there's missing books. Ah, there's errors in it. No, if you really can get to where you can read it, you'll find out nothing's missing. There are no errors. If there's an error, it's just because you haven't found the right answers to it in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and the most powerful scripture i believe to me personally in that whole book is jeremiah 33 3 hmm. and i think that is just the, the answer to the whole thing it says you know it's god saying if you got questions ask me i will show you mighty and powerful things that you do not know ask him but hmm. the enemy doesn't want you to do that Well, he's shown me powerful things. And, oh yeah, uh, and it's uh, I, I, I can attest to God's you know, glory being so amazing that you know our, our our human our flesh would not be able to handle it. I know I know that for a fact. I know you know for a fact about when you were talking about Gino with the, uh, the mind and reading the word and the mind trying to, trying to go against the spirit man, and uh, that 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 happened during that vision I had. You know where I was was in this conversation and then this it was almost like a shadow kept pop popping in and going oh you just you're just this is just in your mind you're just having a conversation in your own brain mm -hmm. 
Um, but the answers that I was getting, <laughs> I didn't have those answers. There was no way that my own brain concocted, you know, things like pursue my wife, pursue your wife. That's all that he told me. That didn't go against scripture. Pursue your wife. Okay, no. hey, whatever, whatever you say, Lord, you know. Um, but but that whole, you know, part of that time was that 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 flesh trying to creep in and tell me what was happening wasn't. Oh, this is just a hallucination, or this isn't real, you know. Um, but nothing that he said to me went against scripture, and so it was it was a pretty awesome experience. But uh, but I still had that flesh. That flesh was still evident during that experience. <laughs> I remember one time I was. I was complaining to God about my wife about a few things that I wasn't happy about. <laughs> it's like this is when you know, but it was just a smack in the face. Um, I'm on my knees and I'm crying out to him. I'm like, Lord, I, there's just you got to change her. There's there's this and I'm, I had like this laundry list of things, right? Oh no! <laughs> and about halfway through the list, I clearly hear the Lord say, "What about you?" <laughs> And he starts naming <laughs> things, and I'm like, whoa, 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 I don't like this. <laughs> and Stop then, it. and then he shows me, like I saw in my in my mind, I saw a flower opening, and he says, "Your wife is a delicate flower, treat her as such, basically, you know, something like that." And I was just blown away. I weeped, man. After that, I was on my phone. I'm like, Lord, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it did it change my whole uh, perception of my own wife. It it made me more empathetic towards her needs at that moment when I, cause you know, we're men and I'm not emotional and I, you know, and she was all emotional and God couldn't have made her that way. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the perfect one, not her, but he just showed me that, you know, like there's just the little things in our life, you know, he's involved in, he's interested in, mm -hmm. he, he cares about every cell in your body so intimately. And that's, what's so amazing about our God is that he's, he's, he's reachable we that's can go to communion. our father yes yes that's true communion yes he wants us to talk to him he wants us to spend time with him mm -hmm. there's 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 months and there's been years that have gone by where i've felt you know not any kind of a feeling inside you know but i still prayed to god i still read the word you know and and uh it's interesting because I think about Thomas and I think about, you know, Hey, put, put your hand in this wound and, and know that I'm here and I'm standing before you. And I think about the people who are having these experiences. Well, Thomas needed to see for himself. And these people are seeing something. Whereas a lot of times, you know, you're not going to have an emotional experience or you're not going to hear from God. You know, it's not, that's not a n normal occurrence for me at all. No. Uh, but on faith, I know he's still there and he's he's everywhere. He's not going away. Uh, but these things, they show themselves so people see them. And therefore, hey, it's easier to believe in something I can see and uh, than, than uh, what this book tells me. You know, and it's 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 one of many ways that the enemy works against us. I know that. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm just... I have so much going on my mind whenever you come on the show. So <laughs> I know we went up, we went down a little rabbit trail there, but I, that's good because it, it adds some you know uh, um, human elements and God elements together, showing that that we're all in this game together, and we need to understand the deceptions that that's out there. So Joe, I think we would all agree on this panel that the deception that started the whole UFO phenomenon would probably be Roswell. <sighs> Well, the modern myth, 
of the UFO phenomenon, because we know it actually started much earlier than that, way back. Mm -hmm. But the the powerful modern American myth of the of ufology is Roswell. Yeah. Um, so why don't we let's? I know that audience is going to be interested in hearing your take on Roswell, and you've been there multiple times. Many uh, times. I, I think you're there annually, aren't you? For the uh, uh, I was there when I was in the states before I went to Korea, and then. While in Korea, I made a couple trips back and was able to go. Um, it's time to go back. <laughs> I'll be. I hope to be back there next year. Awesome. We'll we'll see what's going on. I wish I'd have gone this year. I it was just I I just got on ground back in the U.S. from Korea, so it wasn't time to go saying uh, I need some time off. You know. <laughs> uh, so next year. So I you know in the circles that you're running around in. Uh, with a lot of these guys and a lot of them, you know, our audience is seen on history channel and on um, mm -hmm. uh, what's the other one, uh, sci-fi and all these other channels, you know, these guys, you know, them personally, sure. you know what they're about, you know, what their uh, belief systems are. I it's, it's my contentment is that everybody has a belief system, whether they want to admit it or not. Everybody's engaged. If you're in this world, you have some kind of belief system. Mm -hmm. You know, you could believe in, you know, the sun god, Ra, you can believe in, you know, uh, your Coke can, I don't, whatever. I don't care. I, I always said, if I, if I started a cult with a paintbrush, I could literally convince people that this paintbrush I'm holding is, you know, uh, um, supernatural, right? And it, and it does miracles. And I could, I know I could get 20, 25 people in a day <laughs> to follow me over some stupid paintbrush. So we're all going to follow something. Sure. Um, I like following the truth, which is Jesus Christ. But I know a lot of the, the people you, you run around in these circles and have conferences with, they don't believe necessarily the way we believe. No. So when you're speaking to them, that's got to be some just interesting conversations, I would imagine. They, they obviously know where you stand. So, they do. So how do you, how do you communicate with these, these uh, men and women that obviously don't believe the way we do, but, but you still engage with them, still give them the respect. You still uh, respect their research and all, you know, the things they've uh, contributed. Maybe that can help you with your research. Uh, how do you engage them? Well, you know, scripture talks about this, too, on how to do this. Um, what was it? Paul said we need to be all things to all men. Mm -hmm. So that's how I work with them. You know, keep in mind... Uh, I'm still a a UFO abduction researcher, not just a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm still a researcher that looks at things from a scientific perspective. I still take those tools that I learned with the Mutual UFO Network 27, 28 years ago when I started with them. And I still, to this day, recommend that people if they want to look at this phenomenon and, and look at it in an orderly logical method get the training that MUFON gives us as field investigators to objectively 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 research and investigate something mm -hmm. because it's when you peel all those preconceived notions off and you go at something and look at it without all of that, then you can look at it objectively. Let the evidence speak to you. And I'm still MUFON. Um, probably gonna have to change my bio. I'm no longer 
national director for South Korea. Uh, that's been passed on to a fellow I was working with who is Korean. And I'm, I'm glad they finally got somebody that uh, is somebody from their own nation that will take this on. And um, fascinating fellow. Uh, he's, he's, he's really excited about taking this and, and running with it. And uh, I'll still give him any support that I can give him because I've, I've worked with him in the beginning to get this to happen. Uh, it looks like I'm going to be picking up the Philippines mm. uh, as a national director so we can have, you know, have response there when stuff starts coming in, you know, once we establish the organization there. Does, does um, the Philippines have activity? Yes. I would. Okay. Now I, that's funny because, um, you know, obviously the Philippines are probably 95% Catholic. Um, mm -hmm. Which I have noticed with with the Catholic uh, faith in, in countries where there are a significant population of Catholics, the, it seems it seems the UFO pop, uh, um, phenomena is very. Or I shouldn't say UFO; it's UAP now. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know when that changed, but when the UAP stuff seems to be, um, and it seems to be ascending in those nations for some reasons. I mean, I, I have yes. my own ideas why, but. Is that what you're seeing? Yes. Mm -hmm. You'll see that in a lot of the South American countries and uh, Mexico in specific. Look at all the activity they've had over the decades. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, Philippines the same way. There's actually a, a Philippine Facebook page. Um, MUFON's got one established, okay? But you're not going to see the craziness on there. Uh, but there is a Philippine Filipino facebook page on ufos and um i keep tabs on what they're what they're doing and a lot of times they'll have some live speakers on there with that you can follow and and look at uh, they do speak in english you know quite a bit so it's not going to be as hard as it was in korea for me <laughs> uh, plus my wife's filipina so hmm. she can help out with translation too and i got family there that's on the ground if i need help um but you'll see that there's a lot of new age connection going on with that group. Um, I mean, they're, they're trying to look at this, but they're not taking off their preconceived notions that they're coming at this though, where um, the international director for MUFON, international uh, investigation director, he's the one that established the MUFON Facebook page for uh, Philippines. And uh, that's going to stay, you know, pretty orderly. We're not going to put the crazy stuff on there. I, was, I wasn't doing that with the Korean page that I had up there either. You know, we, we try to stay at this objectively. We try to show the real work that's going on, the real research that's going on, which a lot of these researchers that you're talking about have done some really honest, serious research. That's the way I have to commute commune with them mm -hmm. okay that's the way the level that i have to come to and talk with them i follow the stuff that they're looking at i follow everything that i can that's coming out so that i can look at that against this bible that we have as our litmus paper but at the same time i'm able to talk to them about it because i keep up with it and i also will bring up you know just like i do with people that i work with uh helping them i'll bring up the questions about, well, what about this? That doesn't make any sense. What do you think about this? You know, and what's interesting now is over the years, since it's changed again, uh, 
So looking at more of the interdimensional side and that big shift was, I started seeing that around 2007, 2008. Uh, now they're, very close to speaking the same thing we are they just use a different vocabulary for it they're talking about entities that can come and go between dimensions uh aren't we talking about that now you know mm -hmm. uh so we're we're so close you know to, to to meeting to where we can agree that oh yes now i see what you're talking about and that, that that's why i say that I don't think there's any better time in the history of humanity for the church to reach the lost than there is right now, mm -hmm. because they've got themselves so close to understanding what we mean by spirit. They don't want to use that term because if they use that term in their vocabulary and they got to understand where that's coming from. Oh, I was mm -hmm. just going to ask you, um, you just touched on what I was going to ask. I was going to say to your agnostic atheistic, research friends do they ever actually just open the bible and say well i wonder what this book says but i i would have to say they probably mm -hmm. don't because that then that would require them to say oh no i i, I might actually have to believe this correct because <laughs> they would see the truth and the same things happened in my talks if you go to my youtube channel and watch the talks that i've done over the years especially in roswell um every time i would do my talk i would bring living testimony up on the stage for people to question, people to touch. They can smell them. They can do whatever. These people are real. These testimonies are real. I'm bringing you these testimonies so you can meet them in person. You want to question what I'm saying? Don't question me. Question the testimonies themselves because they're the evidence that I bring forward. And you know what happens after the talk? nobody talks to them because if you did you would be changed mm -hmm. yeah uh guys definitely check out joe's uh youtube channel lots of good videos on there. i've watched i think i've watched all of them um lots of good material teachings the, the conferences i find uh the most fascinating because you it's you know it's interacting with the crowds and they're asking sure. questions and, and you like you said you have testimonies people coming up telling their stories um, and it's, you know, if, if it kind of bursts the bubble, I guess if I, I can understand it from the other side, if, if your life's work is finding, you know, this intelligence that's out there and you've got SETI and all these things they've set up to, to make communication and that's what you're banking on. I get it. I get, you know, that's where their wallet is. That's where their research money comes from. I, I but at some point at, at they gotta be laying on their pillow at night thinking, Man, that that guy Joe, he's, he might be onto something. I but they have to at some point, don't no, they? No, it's more like that guy Joe. He's a real pain. <laughs> oh, oh, I can imagine being one of them guys. I mean, just because that's your livelihood, that's your whole life. You've wrapped everything into it. You're you're selling books, and you know you're in yeah. documentaries and all these things. You're asked to be on TV shows. And you know what's the guy with the I was from Ancient Aliens, the guy with the big hair, uh, the the yeah. Greek guy, um, Giorgio. Yeah, Giorgio. yeah, right? Giorgio. Yeah. Sukalos, that's right. Yeah, I mean, nice guy. I used to, seems I like used a nice to love that guy. show. Me too. Man, I can't. I, I can't even watch I it anymore. <laughs> I, I just. I, I used to love that show, man. I love sci-fi. I still love sci-fi movies, though. I mean, I just do. They're they're. I, I I've always loved that type of stuff, but 
yeah, I can't do the ancient aliens anymore. It just doesn't work no. anymore. No. <laughs> Joe, have they ever asked you to be on ancient aliens? No. Well, that's odd. I, I haven't even been on coast to coast AM. Really? 20, really? Wow. 20, 20, 30, close to 30 years. I've listened to that show. I might be able to get you on. Uh, you won't. I'll, uh, I'll bet you money. I have Unless a, they've really changed. I have a close, I, I have a friend. He worked, used to work in Hollywood. Um, and he knows uh, what, what's the current guy? Um, oh, uh, jo- George Nori. Nori. Okay, Nori. He he. But what? Oh, oh my gosh! I just lost it. I just had the guy. There's another guy big into that that radio, and and he's good friends yeah, with him. In fact, it. we were supposed to be talking. We were going to do a live Zoom call just recently. He got. Uh, I don't know if I. I can't really say anything. Maybe off air if I remember, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But okay. there might be a connection there where maybe, just maybe, you get on there. Why Why wouldn't they let you on? I don't understand why. That show seems well, to be hearing both sides sometimes. I'm not sure uh, of the reason. But don't think they don't know who I am. Because uh-huh. I have been spoken about by name hmm. more times than I got fingers on my hands on that show even when even when la Missouli came on back in i guess it was uh 2009 uh that was such a i gotta tell you this fascinating story this i gotta tell you this one okay 2009 august 29th something like 26 27 somewhere around there it was the day I got hired at the Space Center, my first day. Well, there was a launch that morning. So me trying to get through a gazillion cars <laughs> out to the Space Center wasn't happening. I got as far as the, the Astronaut Hall of Fame, which was mainland side of the river that you have to cross to get over to the Cape. I got that far. Policeman said, no, you're not going anywhere till this launch goes. And this was the Antares launch. And they directed me over to the parking lot and it's early in the morning because I'm trying to get out there to, you know, I knew there was going to be traffic issues, but I still thought I could get through because I had to pass to get everything to get out there. And this might have been for the for the interview. Yeah, this might have been for the interview. But I'm sitting there and I thought, well, I'm stuck here. So I called him up, the, the supervisor that I was going to have, and I said, here's the situation. I'm stuck here. I'm going to be in late. He says, oh, no problem. Just sit tight. Come in when you, you, know, you get through. He says, okay. So I got nothing to do but sit here in this parking lot and wait for this launch and then for the traffic to clear. So being it was still early in the morning, I turned on coast to coast AM. Well, lo and behold, L.A. Marzulli's on with his new book at the time that he had just released called The Alien Interviews. And the way he put that book together was the number of interviews with people, secular and Christian, um, about the UFO phenomenon. He had a kind of like preset set of questions and everything and he sent it out for everybody to answer the questions and he took all of that and put it together as the interviews for the book 
and uh, <laughs> I'm in the book. So he's David Jake, Dr. David Jacobs is in the book even too, and on abductions. So I answered my questions. You can see it in the book where I answer where I took the answers that David Jacobs had given and I put mine right below it so they could see both sides at the right. same time. And uh, I still got the book. It's great. And so they, they're, he's taken L.A. through each of the people that he interviewed and talking about what they talked about. And here I am sitting here on my way to a new job at the Space Center. And I'm sitting there listening to this, and George Norrie gets to the last one. And he says, on the air, while me sitting in the car listening to it, so tell me about this Joe Jordan guy. And I'm going, oh, no. I hope they're not listening to this show. You know? <laughs> First thing. <laughs> First thing. And then L.A. goes over, he goes through the whole spiel. So everybody got to understand what my work was about. And it's not the first time. Many, many people. Gary Bates, when he had this opportunity, when his book, Alien Intrusion, come out, a Christian writing about the, the mm -hmm. phenomenon, I'm in Chapter 13 of his book, okay? And then again, he goes, and ask the questions, you know? And again, I get talked about because I have the evidence. God gave me the evidence to show what this is with these testimonies. Mm -hmm. Nobody else has those, okay? And I don't think of myself as anybody special that I have them. I mean, I'm still asking, you know, why me? Why did I get all this, <laughs> you know? But I understand God's got a sense of humor, so... And so I was committed to him. So, so uh, it's been talked about. They know my work on the show. They know who I am. And they know what I share. But I have yet to have an opportunity to come on myself. So, well, what is the conspiracy then? I don't understand. If, if there's other people talking about you, then what's but, why not have the man himself on <laughs> to give his account? Because it's one thing to talk about something. It's another thing to have it for real. Because then you got to own it. Hmm. Maybe that's what the difference is. Maybe. I don't know. But if you got a connection, it's been I, on I, my I, bucket I, list. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i going to have to check with... I, I I shouldn't have spoke out loud. I was thinking that, but I maybe. You just never know. You, um, you never know. And yeah. it's not for me. It's not about me no, it's about wanting the to be on. Sure. It's about the message. It's yeah. about the testimonies. Because yeah. I, like I said in the last show, I tell people, and I still tell them, don't trust me. Your listeners that are listening right now, don't trust a word I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. Go read the testimonies because that speaks everything. Mm -hmm. That's the evidence, not me. Yeah, uh, speaking of the testimony, so this book right here, uh, actually here, you know, I got a better, let me do it this way so you guys can see it. Oop, lost my cursor. Uh, this is Joe's book. Uh, when this got released, what earlier this year, Joe? Uh, 2020. Oh, 2020. Okay. So, uh, you can find it on Amazon. You can go to Joe's website. Uh, is it better to go to your website than Amazon? Sometimes. No, because it's just going to take you to Amazon. Oh, okay. It's just going to link it. Okay. Yeah. Everything goes through Amazon. Um, the only difference is, and I'll tell your listeners out there right now, 
if you want a signed copy, contact me by email and we'll work something out. Yeah. Yeah. He sent me a whole bunch of them. I sent most out. Um, actually, thank I you, just, by the way. Oh yeah. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I actually, I just remembered I'm supposed to send one more person one. And I ha I forgot <laughs> she's not oh, in the chat tonight, but I'll, no, I have more. I mean, I have them here. Oh, I just, you? I just forgot to send one to her. I just remembered. So I will try to send that out to her this week. Um, yeah, what a great book. So we haven't really even delved into the book. We're mostly talking about surface level things. Um, so I wanted to, the thing that always interests me is just how the human mind works. The Bible talks a lot about being transformed, renewed in, the, in your mind, um, and how the mind is at enmity with God. And and the mind is, for me, is is it's that immaterial thing. It's not the brain. The mind is that immaterial thing that joins the spirit and flesh together. That's right. that's that's the you know the batteries I guess you know I guess the breath of God would be the battery but but it's the connection it's it's the intelligence it's what makes us go and the fascinating thing to me when I was reading your book and I, and I thought about this before is 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 the regression therapy which to me is just I, I've never understood how they've put the the UFO community has put so much faith in something that is. I mean, magicians use it for crying out loud to, mm -hmm. to make you quack like a duck. Like I don't, Hypnosis, I, yes. I just don't understand yeah. how that's become this like staple of science. Can you touch on that? Uh, yeah. Cause you can charge money for it. Right. They're not going to do these regressions for free. My partner, uh, on the book, Jason, when he finally reached out to move on and, they sent him to uh, somebody to talk to, one of the leading ones in the field. I'm not going to give her name. Um, oh, I said her. Um, uh, <laughs> About the only one. <laughs> She's very famous in the UFO community. Uh, yeah. And uh, right away is like, you know, bring $300 and we'll do this. <laughs> and that was a session. Okay. Wow. And like, how I don't get paid help? that kind of money. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. Michael Michael does <laughs> therapy online. <laughs> you can have a real you know, good living that way. Yes. And the thing is, they want your story because they want your story to be able to use as their evidence, what they call evidence, you know, to say that this is what it is, that what they say it is. But they're not helping anybody. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference. Where I'm able to help them without regression therapy, without hypnosis, just ask the right questions. And you know, basically the way I work with them is is I I get them to doubt what they're dealing with. I get them to bring up those red flags and look at them. And once they understand it, uh this ain't right. Hmm. There's a lot that isn't right. When you put, set that seed of doubt in what somebody believes, they're now open to receive the truth. Well, that's, that's similar. That's similar to uh, police interrogations. Detectives use that technique quite a bit. Well, they'll they'll plant the seed of doubt, or they'll say, "Are you sure you saw that?" Or they'll question sure. them over and over again to see if the story changes. Sure. Yeah. And it's also the way that they break down people that have been involved in cults. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds like the exact opposite of what the hypnotherapists are doing. Ah, because they're yes. driving them further into it. 
yes. versus trying to help them to get out of it. Wow. Yes. So it's it, it's potentially damaging this regression therapy. They don't uh, care. Yeah. Well, I mean, $300 an hour. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> exactly. I, I, again, I just, you know. <laughs> and the, the sad part is, uh, you know, the largest organization in the world for looking at this has got a, uh, a group, a team of many, many, many people that are on this team. Uh, but I'm not allowed to be part of it. Like the, it's, it's the, the crisis intervention type, <laughs> type team. Or... <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, they take the stories and, you know, they're looking for answers about all this. So, you know, that's what's there, but they've got a Except lot of that. regression. They got a lot of regression hypnosis therapists there too, that they're trying to offer some kind of hope, but there is none. You know, the best hope you're going to get is uh, more answers to your, or more non-verified answers to your questions. And then get you to, you know, poo-poo along with a bunch of other people like you in a group somewhere. Mm -hmm. Joe, do when they do these hip, <clears throat> hypnosis therapies, my therapy, I use that loosely. Um, do do these patients actually have an increased abduction rate after these? I mean, because it seems like you're actually opening up yourself to more demonic activity. Do, have you seen any trends that way? Or does it kind of just stay the same? Or is it different um, for everybody? I don't, I don't have any statistics on mm -hmm. that. But I mean, it's it does continue. That's why they're there, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we one thing that we do know from your research is there is one solution. There is one, one solution. One solution. You know, I got approached about that. Uh, oh, <laughs> that was, and it wasn't politely. Um, 2007 conference in Roswell. That was the 60th anniversary. My partner Guy Malone was uh, asked to direct that conference for the city of Roswell, and it was the biggest one they ever had. Um, he was able to get me a, a workshop talk, not one of the main talks, but a workshop talk, which I packed the house because <laughs> the way I titled it was, <clears throat> and it's on my YouTube channel, that one that I did. I've seen it. You'll, you'll see me with hair and everything. <laughs> uh, it, it's called the, the uh, unwanted piece of the UFO puzzle. And just by putting that title out there, everybody had to come see what that was about. Oh, yeah. Curiosity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> and panel discussion, last day. Well, word got out about my talk, even though it wasn't a headline talk, but it got out. And they were furious. And people in the audience came to that, that had come to my talk. They wanted answers from the rest of the people. So they showed up at the panel discussion audience and brought up questions. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, the focus went off in a whole different direction than everybody thought it was going to. <laughs> but there was one researcher there that spoke up for another researcher. Um, because when I said that this, there's only one way that this works, and it's through the God of Christianity. And there happened to be 
the leading Turkish researcher was there, ufologist was there. And this guy, he spoke up for her, not, not her speaking up, but he was so angry about this <clears throat> that he said, no, no, no. He says, we've got cases from, you know, from Islamic testimonies where they've been able to stop them. Here's the difference, okay? They welcome the experience because in the Islamic realm, when the, you deal with the jinns, there's, from what they were saying, there's sometimes a trade-off. You get a gift hmm. from them. And that gift of uh, fortune-telling pretty much is what it is. Hmm. They give you this ability to see and things and tell people things so they look at that as a gift okay so they think these experiences are not a bad thing because there's a trade-off that's of value to them but the only thing is we know as christians that that's not something we would call a value mm -hmm. that ability to do that so they're kept under the belief system because they've been seduced through this special gift of special knowledge. Again, we're right back to special knowledge. Mm -hmm. So they don't see it as a bad thing. But they say that people have asked that the experience be stopped. Okay. And the gym stopped the experience. But again, what did you get it stopped for? A trade-off. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. A trade-off of another gift that's been to keep you from ever coming to the real truth. That's the difference. That's still going to pay out in the end. Those mm. people are still eternally doomed. Uh -huh. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, that's uh, the ultimate deception. Just keep handing them what they want. Keep giving, exactly. them, another, keep giving them another present. Keep exactly. coming back for more. I th that's It's brilliant, actually. It's brilliantly evil, but yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're talking about mm -hmm. yes <laughs> dangle the carrot right yeah hmm. man so, yeah they wanted to do everything they could to get me off saying it was the only way to terminate it completely wow it's uh it and that all that all must stem from pride and ego because i oh I, absolutely to, to me anybody anybody who says i have an answer to this i have a hidden piece to this puzzle I, well hey i'm willing to listen I want to at least listen to it, you know, and, and maybe even mull it over a few days. But again, I believe, you know, the Bible and the Bible tells me to investigate. You know, the Bible tells us that we shouldn't just, you know, conclude a matter without looking into it because we're fools if we do if we do that. And so, um, again, I'm coming I guess I'm coming from the Christian perspective and, and, and we should do, we should come to things with our open eyes and open ears. But uh, it's just interesting to me that people would. You know, I guess it's not interesting to me. I should know this about people. Yeah. You know, you guys <laughs> brought it up. Community. You guys brought it up earlier when we started about, you know, you could, you could come up with a, Gino, I think you were talking about it, come up with something about yeah. a paintbrush, a new religion. Well, you know, what did L. Ron Hubbard say? He said, you want to get rich? Start a religion. Mm. Let me tell you, I've been tempted 
for my two plus decades at this. Temptation is tough. And many times I've just had that thought in my head, you know, I've got, I can come up with a story that doesn't need to be verified, but I can make it powerful enough to where I'll be the talk of the circuit. They'll be paying me to hear my story. I can produce a book that's going to blow your mind because of what I've learned, not about the truth. Mm -hmm. But if that was my focus, it's not hard to do. And I think there's a whole lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. I think so too. Uh, Joe, so, you know, something I've noticed also, I used to read a lot of NDE accounts, you know, near-death experiences, and there seems to be a commonality um, and, and here's the thing, medically, we, uh, the medical community would announce someone dead when the brain waves are gone and the heart stops, but we don't actually know when death is final. We, we have no idea. No. The, the medical community declares death, but a lot of these people are in this realm kind of caught between, let's just, you know, for lack of a better word, heaven and hell to be, they're not, I, I believe it's all, um, a spiritual experience and a, kind of like a dream state. Sure. Um, and I've had, I've had just, I recently, I had a, a, a dream that was just un I won't go into it here. It was just, it was unreal. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but I can see how the mind can play tricks on, on us. And, and these, these near death experiences, which I, I used to believe them. I used to believe the near-death thing was real until you start reading and seeing a very similar pattern that you see with these abduction accounts and 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 uh, dreams and other things like that, where the mind is just in this state where it does seem... I'm not discounting the person's account. They believe it's genuine and real. Yes. Um, but it's, it's this altered state of mind that the person's in, and they come back and they swear, no, no, this happened. I heard, and they, they, maybe they did hear someone say something or maybe they did, but it's, I don't think it's what we've been told or what, what they've made it up to be. Um, do you, do you agree with that? Or have you seen similar things with the abduction cases? Yes, I do agree. I, I think the, what we're seeing here is almost identical. And I think that's just another piece of the delusion. You know, remember whatever it takes to deceive us is what we're dealing with here because the end result is always the same. Everybody that gets involved with this UFO phenomenon, it takes their eyes off the one true God. People that I've met and people that I've listened to with the near death experience, it takes their eyes off the one true God and gets them to mistrust his word. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they come back with this, all dogs go to heaven. That, oh, exactly. I've seen the light. The light came. It was it was so wonderful. And this person, you know they're not, like, we know the biblical truth. Sure. They don't. And yet they're saying, oh, yeah, it was wonderful. I, I was going to heaven. But my work wasn't done yet or whatever. You know, and they give them some, you know, or your, your mission is this or that. And it's never biblical. No. Never. It doesn't meet our litmus paper test of yeah. the Bible. My wife posted that. To be absent from the body is to be present mm -hmm. with the Lord. So that tells us right there. When we, our flesh dies, if we're believers, we be present with the Lord. There's, to me, that tells me there's no coming back. There's no, there's, there's no back and forth. This is either, you're either, flesh either dies or it doesn't die. Um, I want to just make something clear. Leah in the chat, Leah Worth, good friend of the program. Um, 
said that um, she said, I died. We should talk to you. You know, I have my medical records. And Leah, I'm not discounting actual death accounts where there's people that have been dead like for the medical, right? 40 yeah. minutes, you know, eight, mm-hmm. you know, 10 minutes, 20, whatever. Those, that's not the NDE that I'm talking about. I'm talking no. about this. It's, it's a much different thing. So, Leah, I would definitely love to hear your account. In fact, we're going to open the phone lines in a little bit if, if you want to call in and let us yes, hear indeed. it. I would love to hear that. Uh, so, sorry about that, Joe. Go ahead. And that's the part I'm talking about. It's it's so convincing to what people experience. They're basing it on the experience. They're not testing the experience. Every time I you know I I talk to people that that don't want the truth, you get that I know what I saw, you know, and they're angry. They don't want to know anything else. They don't. They're afraid of what that other could be. And I think this is what the big fear is in this realm is, you know, it's okay. We can deal with aliens. We can blast them suckers with atomic bombs and everything else and lasers if we have to, but you ain't dealing with the devil. Mm -hmm. That's scary. That's real fear. Yeah. And I think that's what we're up against is people are in real fear that that could even be the truth because now they have to make a decision, a decision that is going to be, you know, I got to tell you about that decision. That decision in my life was the hardest thing I ever in my life did was to commit to Jesus Christ. It was, I've never encountered something so difficult (laughs) until it happened. Mm -hmm. And then I turned around and looked that was the most easiest thing I ever did. It depends on which side of that veil you're on. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to go against everything that we believe to be true and humble yourself and say, I was wrong. I was deceived. It's the most difficult thing for a human being to do. But once you've done it, and you've accepted the truth, and you realize then it's the truth, you look back and go, man, that was so easy to step over. Once you do step over. Mm -hmm. You know, I I still remember that that quote my friend uh, that's worked with me over the years made to me a long time ago. He says, you got to look at it like this. To a non-believer in Jesus Christ, seeing is believing. But to a believer in Jesus Christ, believing is seeing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're blinded. They are absolute. I was there. I was blinded. I was so angry when I came to the truth. Angry at every believer that I knew <laughs> that they never told me mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I, they finally sat me down, they realized I was angry. They said, you know, we told you. You couldn't hear us. It wasn't time until you made that decision. Mm-hmm. Now, why did I make the decision? Because somebody showed me there were problems with what I believe. And that's what I hope we're doing here tonight. If you have non-believers mm-hmm. out there watching this. Because this is what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to beat the Bible over your head. 
We're just trying to show you that what you do believe, if it's not the Bible, has got problems. Mm-hmm. And we can show you something that doesn't have problems. But you're going to have to be open enough and honest enough with yourself to take that step to let us talk to you. Mm-hmm. And open your ears up and open your mind up to listening to what truth really sounds like. The reason it's so hard is because that enemy wants you to die. And he wants you to die eternally, separated from God. That's what this war is about. This is a cosmic war of proportions we have no concept. You thought the Empire Strikes Back was a cosmic war? That's nothing compared to what we're up against. Yet we have the power of the universe, the creator of the universe behind us to defeat it by calling on his name. He's right there. Ask me, I'll help you. You know, um, one more thing on the NDE thing I just thought of. Um, if if you really put it in perspective and you understand that, we, we were just talking about hypnosis. That's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Someone can alter your mind by just putting you in a trance-like state. How much... Just, just how, suggestion. Just suggestion, right. How much more... Would an evil entity that that's been around for millennia, since the beginning of creation, know about the human about the way the mind works? Um, you know, without scientists and things, they they just have a knowing. How much more could they deceive us with you know gadgets that they have on the other side, or you know whatever whatever methods they use on the other side? You know, we we use um, you know we mentioned MK Ultra earlier. We, uh, there's there's brainwashing techniques, propaganda. The media has all kinds of tricks they use to deceive us. Sure. I mean, look what just happened over the last two years with the whole pandemic. I mean, we've yeah. we've saw deception at its highest levels. That's just what humans know. Think yeah. about, and I'm sure they're dabbling in, but you know they have demonic influences there for sure. But just think full-blown demonic realm when you're in an altered state of mind between, you know, in this NDE experience, what's going on and what they can produce to make yes. you believe. I mean, that's, that's a, a whole nother level. Yep. And you can see perfect examples of how that works, if you, in case you're interested, just by listening to the descriptions of each individual experiencer. They're never the same. So if they all went to the same place at an NDE, why didn't they see the same thing? Exactly. Right. And why is it, isn't it funny? It's almost always light because the enemy understands God is light. The enemy knows that. And he knows that even if you're not a believer, that the concept is out there that, that light is good. So of course he's going to use light to, to deceive people and say, Oh, you're such a wonderful. I've heard so many testimonies of uh, uh, Buddhists that have seen the light, and they accept. He accepted me just the way I was. <laughs> the Bible never talks about being accepted the way you are. No, never. That that's that's. I don't know. The deception is so great, and I, you can see this is where what the wall we're all up against, especially as believers. If you're trying to get the message of Jesus Christ out there, the gospel. You're up, you're up against it every single day because the wall has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, especially with the technology and the media and everything, you know, the, the whole apparatus that we have against us every day. So I'm kind of, I'm with you, Joe, you know, Paul said to be all things to all people. And I'm, I'm just, I'm a salesman. 
I'm yeah. not I'm not making money off it though. I'm just a salesman out there selling you something that's true. I'm not deceiving you. I'm giving you truth. So uh, it's not like I'm coming in the back door and saying, "Hey, hey, hey, you know, here I got this used car and it's you know it's <laughs> it's it's mint condition, you know, and it and it you know really it was sitting in some flood down in you know salt water and in, in Louisiana or something, <laughs> you know. No, I'm I'm giving you the truth, and I'm gonna and I'll be accountable for that truth. One day I have to answer for that. Did I did I deliver the truth or did I you know bend it and try to trick people into the truth? No, I'm not trying to deceive you. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I know my own experience. I had a very similar experience when I came to the Lord. I sat on that fence for a good year, probably longer. And I just didn't want to make the decision. I knew it was true. But I was just sitting there, well, boy, what do I got to give up if I do that? And you it's don't such have a, to give up It's anything. such a lie. It is the greatest is. lie of all time. You don't give up. You, you realize, oh, my gosh, I was actually a slave and I thought I was free. Yeah. You know, my pastor told me that when I got baptized, the day I got baptized, there were five of us that day. And he, he says, I only got one thing to say to all of you before I take you up there. He said that this is the one thing I want you to take away from all of this, because uh, we were one ratty looking bunch <laughs> of new believers. Uh, it's like he had gotten the scum of the earth all in one shot. And he told us, he says, one thing I want you to take away from this is there's nothing you have to do to change. But you will. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you will want to yep. as you know him. But he takes us as we are. He takes us and he changes us. That happens. You will be changed when you experience Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. and a relationship with him but it's not because somebody said oh you got to do that no you will want to do that absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely it does yep. it's you know the fruit it, it is funny i remember when i first came in it's the human mind is such a joke i would convince myself <laughs> well i i'll do the minimal amount and i'll just squeak i'll get into heaven i'll be that you know by the by the hair of my chinny chin chin i'll get in <laughs> And then as you grow in your faith, you're like, why would I want to just get in by the hair of my chinny chin chin? <laughs> like, it's, it's too awesome of a yes, message. And he's too good. Why wouldn't yeah, I want to please my too father? Good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, you brought up a neat point about how, you know, you're a salesman, but you, you give the you give it away. I just that, that brought a picture to my mind of what I experienced yesterday. Um, I took my wife and my grandson and we went up to Daytona Beach. Uh, only about 45 minutes from here and it's Biketoberfest in Daytona hmm. thousands of tens oh, and tens yeah. and tens of thousands of motorcycles and everything that comes with that and we walked that whole long street of Main Street where everything was going on and it's just packed I've got tons of pictures and video up there because I love motorcycles mm -hmm. and there was some fascinating you know, motorcycles to see, but everybody had something to sell. The whole thing was a giant market, you know, all the stores selling motorcycle stuff, people with, you know, tents set up selling motorcycle stuff. Everything was to get your money while you were there. Okay. Except, except these guys in motorcycle full apparel, you could tell they were every bit as motorcyclist as the rest of them out there. <laughs> Standing by their motorcycles 
with side bags on them, and they're handing out Bibles for free. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that is, that's true Christianity. Mm -hmm. They're there where they came from, handing out the truth, taking the truth back to where they came from. Um, that's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it reminds me of a Babylon B article I saw. It said, uh, it was just yesterday. It said, man becomes, man becomes African missionary to avoid sharing gospel at work. <laughs> and I just thought, how that is, that is so on the nose because it's, it, where, where are you? You know, you're, you're, you're here for a reason. Every day we walk this earth and we're still alive. We have, we have, we have a mission you know, on this earth as yeah. Christians. And uh, we can, we can, we can accomplish that mission with our own family members, friends, community, you know, we don't have to go across the world to do so, but uh, yeah, going back to where you came from. That's awesome. I've got a stack of books on my desk at work and people come by and they go, they look at it and they go, you wrote a book. And I'm going, yes, sir. And I say, take a look. They look it up, they look it over and I'm going, because they're not getting deep into it to know what they're looking at. That's why the cover looks like what it does and the story on the back, you know. Um, and I say, does the, I'll ask them, does, the, does uh, that interest you, that, that subject matter? Oh, yeah. You know, I watch those shows. I look at this all the time. I said, look, let me do this for you. And I'll take the book from them and I'll sign it and I'll hand it back. I says, you just got the information they don't want to share. And they're like, what? What? Don't want to share. You got something special? I said, read the book. Enjoy. Got questions? Come back and see me. I can't tell you how many I've given away. It's just amazing. And they're all coming back going, wow. Wow. I've never heard this before. I said, yep, best kept secret in ufology. I have built up such a group of neat friends because of this close people that I don't know how they're taking all of this. You know, I'm just a safety guy is all I am, you know, but once they read, they read that they like, wow, why are you here? You know, I said, well, I'm doing what I'm told. Uh-oh. You went mute, Gino. Sorry. <laughs> I've always found that it's, if you stick in your lane and what you're good at, <clears throat> you'll be successful in whatever you're doing. And especially uh, in preaching the gospel. Like when I've had opportunities to speak to people, I just let God open the door. I don't bust in and say, hey, I'm a Christian. No. I got my Bible. And it's never been that no. way. If nope. it's When I was working in people's houses, when I was remodeling and doing things like that, people would just all of a sudden bring up God. And I'm like, okay, well, there's that door that I needed open. I got to just yep. talk, tell them my testimony and, and give them, you know, and I always tried to give them an anecdotal story that was um, something that they could understand. So for instance, if I was speaking to someone, uh, I've spoken to my cousin who's a dentist, okay? I speak to him in the best, I'm not a dentist, but I can speak to him by using teeth as an analogy, right? Or, sure. I can, or the tools of his trade. Um, golfers, when I speak to golfers, I've used this a million times, you know, if, if you if anybody's ever golfed, you know, you ask them, well, what's the perfect score in golf? And, you know, most guys are going to be like, oh, man, if I shot like 72, if I shot par, you know, or or just under par, that'd be perfect. No, that's not perfect. Perfect is 18. It's 18 hole in ones. It's yeah. never it's never going to happen on a golf course. It's impossible. Yeah. And, and so 
they can relate to that. Like, oh, so perfection is in Jesus Christ. It's not in us. We're never going to attain perfection through our right. good works. And and that I think that those kind of anecdotal stories, it's it breaks the ice. It breaks that barrier, and they feel more comfortable with you. I'm not shoving it down your throat. I'm sure. just giving you information. You do with it what you will. Uh, my brother-in-law is a perfect example. For years, I would I would just spoon spoon feed him little bits and pieces, and he was always he's very inquisitive. And he started out as an agnostic and atheist. Now he's pretty much a believer. He's 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 come on board because I told him three years ago. I said, "You keep following the truth. You're going to have to make a decision." Yep. I said that day is going to come, and the mm -hmm. truth is found in a man. It's not found in what you thought it was. It's found in one person. So, and he's starting to understand it now, which is really cool to see. But it's all these little seeds we plant. And it's the same thing you're doing with with the whole you uh, uh, MUFON and ufology and all this stuff, your books and your your talks. It's it's seed here, a seed there, and and yep. you, I bet I would love to know how many people, you know, maybe they were at one of your Roswell conferences back in two thousand and six or seven or something, and they were like, oh, this guy's crazy. I can't believe it. who let him in the door, right? And now, maybe ten years later, fifteen years later, they're like, wow, that guy was right. <laughs> You know, like you don't know. You'll never know this side of, of heaven. I do know because many of them have written me. Awesome. Cool. That, oh, yeah, man. Awesome. That's really awesome. Very cool. Uh, hey, guys, I, I uh, threw the um, link for Zoom in there if anybody wants to call in. If you guys have a a UFO sighting, a story, uh, maybe you know someone that, you know, said they were abducted, anything like that, feel free to call in and, and we'd love to hear your story. And uh, maybe Joe can comment it comment on it um guys or any questions or any yeah. questions yeah yeah for sure i'm gonna here let me throw it back in there again just to make sure i'm going to uh i'm gonna step away from the computer just I, for a minute so. i was just gonna say let's all take like a like a three to five minute break we'll all go to our bathroom <laughs> so we're ready for, to continue in a second so guys in the chat hold on we're just going away for a couple minutes we'll be we'll be back uh go ahead and turn your cameras off guys How do I do that? Uh, just click on the little camera in the corner of the Zoom meeting. Just click right on it, and then uh, it'll put a little line through it. Uh, you don't have to turn it off. Just, yeah. We'll be right back, though, everybody. Okay. You're okay? Okay. You're gonna make noise. No, 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 no. No, taking a pee pee.
Okay, guys, I'm back. <laughs> the other two should be here in a minute. Sounds like Joe did mute, so <laughs> it reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Naked Gun, but when uh, Frank Drebin, the detective, um, Leslie Nielsen, is he's at some conference with the Queen, and then he, he's like, uh, he makes his little speech, and he, he says, oh, I got to go to the restroom, so he goes back to the bathroom, and <laughs> he's got his mic still on. <laughs> and he's peeing in the bathroom and you hear him peeing and he's whistling and i think he uh i don't know passes gas or something <laughs> it just reminds me of that pretty funny yeah joe i know curious patron yeah joe your microphone was on we we heard you talk, uh, talking about pp <laughs> i was just telling him my kitty cat i got my kid i've had oh, my cat, cat locked in i've had him locked in the in the room with my wife <laughs> last time i did a podcast a few last week he just meowed the whole show. <laughs> and I couldn't stop because we were live and I couldn't right. stop and move him, you know? Yeah, the uh, joys of live TV. Um, yeah, I was just telling Michael, you sent me that video the other day of uh, the congressman or, or local city council guy that had to pee when he left and he left his mic oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> I was just telling it was funny. Joe left his mic on and he was talking to his cat and everybody could hear him in the... <laughs> in the audience and i was like it's like you know frank drebin from naked gun remember that when he goes in the bathroom and he's <laughs> so everybody's kind of laughing about it um we so to our animals you said turn too. the camera off <laughs> yeah i know i should have said mute too i know it's, it's, sorry so we'll um, see if he behaves I, he went for some food so we'll see if he behaves if he doesn't i'm gonna have to right stick him back in that room because he's a he's a talker <laughs> talker uh guys thanks so much for the gifts tonight the cookies pcross thank you i know you've donated a couple times i appreciate that thank you uh good to see all of our friends out there um so okay we're all refreshed feeling better about ourselves <laughs> so that's a good thing um yes. if anybody wants to call in i dropped the the zoom link in there i'll drop it again let me drop it again because it's going pretty quick uh i would love to hear your testimonies your stories um if anybody wants to call in, I know everybody's always nervous about calling in. We're just human beings. We're just like you. <laughs> so I used to get so nervous when I would call like on a red pill show. I would call in there quite a bit back in the day. And I was so nervous. I remember the first time I called in, I, I could hardly even speak. I was so nervous. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God. And it's just, it, you know, we're just regular people. Like there's nothing to be yeah. too, too nervous about. Hey, uh, can I, uh, can I plug something here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, should people see this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great mic. I like it. <laughs> this uh, that's a cup, but it's stickers. Oh, these, cool. Yeah, these no alien stickers. This is a great way to get a conversation started with somebody because they're gonna go, well, "What does that mean? Why do you why do you say no aliens? You know? Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you about it. This yes. is what they were made for." And if anybody out there wants these stickers, you can get them for free. Okay? Cool. Go to www.freestickers.net. And this is a Christian organization that's been around longer than I have. And this is how they get the word out and get the avenue, get the talk started. They came up with these no alien stickers. And if you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to them, 
go to the website. It'll give you the information. They'll send you free stickers back in your envelope with stamp that you put on there. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it says here. It says over 200 free one-inch stickers and three uh, free four-inch stickers with each yeah. request. Awesome. Yeah. I'm going to send them one because I like that sticker. It's a good sticker. If you're looking at the website, they have uh, a link on their website for all the pictures that people have shown where they posted the stickers in crazy places. You know? That's uh, cool. Oh, yeah. photos. I see. Yeah. And uh, there's a good history of me in there because <laughs> I've worked with them for a long time. Freestickers.net, correct? Yep. Nice. But it's a great way to break the ice. Sure. Because people see the alien, but then they look and they go, well, why has it got a red line through it? And that gets the conversation started. Mm -hmm. There's a, uh, I can't remember one of these, uh, one of these, I can't remember what group there are. They might've been New Ager or, uh, or a Satanist that they're familiar spirit that they drew was exactly like these things that looked exactly like, mm -hmm. I just can't remember the name of the guy right now. Um, but it's interesting, you know, the same and, entities and, that people yeah, see, they Anton, call familiar spirit. Anton LaVey, the entity there we that, go. He, that he channeled was, uh, or supposedly encountered was named Ham. And, uh, mm -hmm. it's very similar look to the grays today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've saw cool. pictures of, uh, of that, creature um and not and um uh alistair crowley alistair crowley that's yeah. it yeah um oh i almost had the name of the thing we were trying to think of before that the, the something group um they were opening the portals for the military oh my gosh i can't believe i keep forgetting that i just yeah, had it it was jack parsons was part of that yes. from jpl oh it's an interesting actually your friend raymond uh uh um he was he wrote a book on it i believe uh he's a pastor no he that's you're talking about the uh that's ray boucher ray and you're talking about the collins elite collins elite yes but that's a different group collins elite is the the name they gave to the group that met with ray boucher that were from inside the government they were wanting to talk to somebody right. and saying uh <laughs> We ran into some problems here. Yeah, can you and, can you tell? Yeah, let's hear that a little bit because that's an interesting story. It is, and if anybody wants to to get more in depth with that story, um, Nick Redfern wrote the book. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of it? I had that on our last show. Uh, in the, yeah, and I forgot. The it, name it's of one it. of Nick Redfern's. Let books. me look it up. And I'm actually in the book too. So is my partner Guy Malone, and so is. Uh, Michael Heiser, um, and and the whole story in the beginning is all about Ray Boucher and his encounter with the Collins elite, and uh, Final Events. That's the name of it. Yep, right here. Yep, and uh, the amazing book. That was the first time I think that Nick Redfern took on looking at the Christian perspective of all of this. And since then, I've had an opportunity to share a podium with him a couple times now where uh, Guy Malone got him to come out and join us at the conferences out there uh, in Roswell and be part of the conference that we were putting on. So, again, we took the secular realm and put mm -hmm. it together with the Christian speakers. And um, I got to meet, you know, Nick and a uh, fascinating guy. And he's act I actually encouraged 
uh, Gary Bates when they were putting together the Alien Intrusion, Unmasking the Delusion movie, documentary movie. Um, I gave him a list of names. I said, you need these guys on this documentary. And uh, I had Nick Redford on the documentary so that, uh, you know, he could give his view on this. He's an interesting guy. I've listened to a few podcasts with him. Yeah, very interesting. Really good writer. Uh, P-Quest in the chat just said he ordered your book. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, the Collins Elite. Let's let's touch on that a little bit because they were out, what, was it in the desert somewhere? Was that out in Las Vegas? No, you're you're looking. Or at Am I two mixing that? Okay, I'm yeah, mixing you're it up mixing again. it. It's much later than the Parsons, Jack Parsons, and uh, and Alistair Crowley. That's time. right. Yeah, it's yep. it's much 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 later. Um, but this these secretive guys from the government uh, searched out to talk to somebody that would listen and you know give him an ear. And at the time, um, Ray Boucher, who's uh, who's a minister. He was also state section director for, I believe, Idaho or something, somewhere, one of the states out West. And uh, so they looked at that and they go, okay, we've got a MUFON state director. I think, was he Nebraska? Maybe Nebraska. I think it was Nebraska. And uh, he's also a preacher. Mm-hmm. So interesting combination. So maybe this guy <laughs> is open enough to let us talk to him. So he was contacted by this group from the government. And what they were sharing with him was that they had been working on some things and some doors had been opened to where um, they saw something that wasn't right and actually looked to be what they would fit, fit the term demonic that they were dealing with. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. And they wanted to be able to share with that and talk to him about that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and I know uh, Ray Boucher was talking about they were telling him they were opening up doorways or portals yeah. or whatever you want to call them, yeah. um, and that uh, they were having contact. Sure. Yeah. And you know, Ray had Ray had an opportunity to give that whole talk about that himself at one of the MUFON symposiums. I think it was back in '95, and uh, so yeah, you know, he got a chance to share the information, but again, the people really don't want to hear the truth you know yeah ray's well, still around i still talk to ray on uh facebook we you know oh i would love to have i i emailed him but i'm not sure i sent it to the right uh, i went to it was a college website where he was uh teaching so i don't even know if he ever saw it it might have went to spam um i would love oh that would be an awesome conversation if you can reach out that reach up. out to reach out to him on messenger on facebook I oh think okay he'll respond okay cool and like i said drop my name Okay. Excellent. He yeah, knows who I, I am. I would love to hear him. And just, you know, as another Christian brother in Christ, that's what, that's what I love about this. You know, obviously we're all brothers in Christ and, sure. and it's such a, it's so refreshing to actually hear the truth about this subject and not what we've been lied to over the last, you know, 70 years, 80 years, whatever oh, it is. Oh yeah. Uh, so Joyful June, a good friend of ours uh, in the chat said, she's unable to call in right now, but she wanted to ask uh, if you know of anyone feeling intense terror when seeing an alien or a demon. Uh, yeah, most everybody that encounters them. And when you when we say terror, I mean, are these people like literally like just paralyzed by fear? I, 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 I'm kind of asking rhetorical questions. I've read the book and I've read some of these testimonies. But... Yeah, most of them are because, you know, you got to keep in mind that people are experiencing something that 
goes against every aspect of their reality. This is a worldview changer. And that's what people are dealing with. You know, the whole concept is this shock and awe to be able to get people's attention. You know, it's part of that control factor that makes all of this work. Mm -hmm. You know, by by being able to to hit them hard and hit them like that, you know. I noticed, uh, you know, in the Bible, when when angels appeared before man, you know, it must have been a fearful moment for those men because they would say, be not afraid. You know, they would say, yes. don't, you know, don't, yeah. don't worry. We're here. We're here. This is, you know, we're here from God. Don't, don't be afraid. Um, we don't see that. At least I don't see it in these experiences that these things are saying, don't, Hey, don't be afraid of us. Don't worry. You know, this is all wonderful. Sure. Uh, seems to be kind of the opposite that they want to kind of instill that fear. Um, into the victims, uh, the abductee victims, or the, the experience, it's, I would say experience. It's because, part of the control. I was just you know? just going to say that. It's a mechanism. Fear yeah, is always know. a great mechanism for control. We just, again, back to the pandemic, we just saw that for two years. It was all about control. Mm-hmm. And, and what better tool is there than to convince people that they're not, they're, they're very insignificant. Where God is actually the opposite. We are significant. We're, we're image bearers. Right. Uh, you know, Mike, you mentioned Michael Heiser, who I'm a huge fan of. I've mentioned him quite a bit on our shows. Um, I've learned so much. His books are just fantastic in his teachings. But, um, you know, he talks about the image bearer and what mm-hmm. that actually means. And I, I, I would highly suggest that you guys go to Dr. Michael Heiser's website and read about the image bearer. And you'll get a whole new perspective on what that actually means. Uh, to be made in the image of God. So look that up. And that that's another reason why these demonic entities, these aliens, want they hate when they look at us, it's God. They see they see a representation of him and they can't stand that. Uh, it drives them crazy. Oh my. I don't know if I read that test that uh that quote from my friend that's uh getting ready to publish his book. Over, he, he lives in China. He's in Beijing as a counselor, and uh, he's getting ready to publish his book. I've been working with him on it, getting the finishing touches up on it. But he makes a quote in there as an observation uh, of this phenomenon, and it, it's right along with what you're saying. And he puts it out as a question, though. And the comment he makes is, it seems as though these entities know who we are. Mm-hmm. And they're wondering why we don't behave <laughs> like we should. <laughs> That's just an observation that yeah. he was able to put together. Interesting. Um, there's another guy that I just got his book. He contacted me just a, a week ago. And I had to go and get his book because I think this is somebody that needs to be talked to also. Um, his name is Norman R. Gagnon. And uh, his book is on Amazon, just released. It's called Para-Urban Detective. This is a guy that was a 15-year MUFON investigator. And his findings ended up being along the lines of what I found also. And he also came at this objectively looking for answers and took everything off so he could look at it. And he's letting me know when he contacted me that I'm finding the same thing. 
So hmm. there are that are people that are starting to come out and be honest good. with what they found. Excellent. Yeah, That's that good. would wow, that would be a good interview too. Um, yeah. So uh, June actually asked again. She said, uh, "Is like the being is terrified that you can see it? Oh, so is there any fear in the actual uh, entity?" knowing that you're seeing it no that's the whole purpose yeah but keep in mind are they seeing it because everything in my work mm. shows is mm. this is not <laughs> them physically appearing there may be instances where they actually do that but it doesn't need to be everything that they can do is just an implanting of the whole scenario in their mind keep in mind we talked about this on the last show Every instance that somebody says that they've been an experiencer, it's always remembered after the fact. It's a memory. Mm -hmm. It's a memory. It's nobody saying, hey, you see this guy right here? <laughs> no, it's not the way it works. It's always, it's always their own experience without any other witnesses or any you know i get it yeah. it could be it could be yes it could be a dream state it could be a vision it could be something non-physical yes uh, but there are physical aspects to the phenomena mm -hmm. people will wake up with marks and scratches and scoop marks and things carved in them who knows there's a lot of different stuff that people say they wake up with that mm -hmm. validates the experience as being real mm -hmm. but that necessarily mean also it was real. That means that they are using whatever it takes to get you to believe right. that these aliens are real. Yep. That's the purpose. The whole thing is to get you to turn your eyes away from God and go, well, we're supposed to be the only thing here, but this guy that I just experienced goes against what God says. You know, I just had a deliverance minister on um, my Wednesday show last week. And, um, you know, she was talking about violence done to people during these, you know, these demonic attacks. And and I was telling her, I yep. said, you, you know, I got this, I got Joe Jordan coming on this Sunday. It would be fascinating for you two to actually talk and, and get, you know, under, from her side of delivering people from it and years of, you know, acknowledging it and showing people this is what it is. It would be, a, that would be a fascinating talk between you two. Sure. Um, another question in the chat, Curious Patriot um, wanted to know, have you ever heard of the Green Star Project? Uh, he believes, I believe I was a subject in this as a child. I haven't. And it sounds like this project is probably something that's man's doing, mm. which takes us into the whole idea that <clears throat> there's people that believe in this my lapse, military abductions that where they're faking this whole idea of, you know, the UFO phenomenon. Um, they're, so you're saying they're faking it to use it as a crutch so that it can do experiments and things that are otherwise illegal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or immoral. That, that may be a possibility, but let me bring up the red flag. There are so many that believe that has happened to them. I don't think we got an army big enough to pull all that off. And never be detected. 
and never, never, never detected. Yeah, never have a, a video uh, footage from your home camera and none of that. No. That's interesting. Uh, he made a correction. It's called it was called Operation Green Star. No, I don't know that one. Nope. Uh, hey, if you want to call in and let us know, feel free to. Uh, Michelle Ann said, "Are are they less or more apt to target Christians?" <laughs> That's a good question. They're more apt to target Christians, a certain kind of Christian. Because, and, and I know people hate me to use these I, terms. I no, I it needs to be said. <laughs> I read, said. I read the book, so yeah. <laughs> um, I still stick to it because that was our finding. In the beginning, that was our question, our simple hypothesis that we put out there. We figured we just grab one; it's going to be easy to answer. We'll lock it up, and that'll get us started on our our road to research. So the first question we put out was. Are Christians being abducted by aliens? It should have been a yes or no. But no, it ended up being yes and no. Not yes or no. The reason it's yes and no is because we ended up finding out there were two types of Christians that we could divide in two camps. One was having experiences, the other not. What's the difference between them? That's what we had to get to. Oh, this whole thing went deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Uh, when it should have been just an easy uh, mm -hmm. yes. Okay. Um, what we found where there are walk-the-walk believers, people that have given their life to Christ, focused on his word, focused on their relationship, full wholeheartedly do not have these experiences the talk the talk believers the ones that i don't think there are any less believers it's just they're not taking advantage of everything that god has offered them they're not walking the walk they're still keeping one hand in the door so it doesn't close all the way to the enemy and they're not taking full of the full advantage of abundant living that God has given us, living through his word and living through his understanding. Mm -hmm. And that is the yes and the no. The talk to talk believers are still dabbling. They haven't shut the door completely. And that's something that I found is the most difficult thing for people to do. Um, even in my eight R's to freedom that I use, the format that I use, that fifth R is the, is the hardest one. It says remove it. And that's the one they have the most difficulty with. Mm -hmm. You know, because if you can't get to that fifth one, if you can't get past that, then you're still dealing with the same thing, mm -hmm. which is interesting because... The one that says remove it, what's after that? Resist. Why do you need to resist it? It's going to come back to haunt you. Why? Because you didn't remove it. Mm -hmm. And then you start back up again. Mm -hmm. 
you go, okay, I didn't close the doors. I've recognized what's causing this. Now you take again. This is your second time around. Responsibility for what you just recognized. Now you start shutting the doors. Third, repent. Lord, I, I repent for leaving those doors open. You renounce those doors as your enemy. Again, now let's remove it completely. Again, if it tries to come back, now we know what to do anyway. Call on Jesus, the power and authorities in his name. So then you can move on to rejoice. You give thanks, give God thanks for setting you free. The freedom is knowing who they are. The freedom is knowing how to deal with them. And the freedom is knowing all of this through Jesus Christ and a relationship with him. So again, we're back to that. So we're not going to tell anybody, right? Oh, heck no. You can't keep quiet. Now you move on to the last one. And that's full restoring. And how do you do that? Because you tell somebody else what you were able to do through Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. You help somebody else get free. That's what the enemy doesn't want. Because the most powerful evidence, not just for what I'm dealing with, what people are dealing with here that I'm working with, but the most powerful evidence for the Bible being real, for God being real, for all of this being real, is the testimony of a life changed through that personal relationship with the creator himself. That is the evidence the enemy does not want people to see, because that in itself changes lives. It's the one thing you're armed with. As soon as you're a new believer, you're armed with your testimony. Yes. You may not know a lick of scripture, but you're armed with that testimony. Yep. We have plenty, plenty. We have much more Christian testimony than it would take to 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 convict anybody of a crime exactly. in our current justice system. And you have more evidence of this phenomenon and yeah. ending it than exactly. would need to convict somebody. In a, <laughs> it's just amazing to me. And um, I I still tell them. How many is it going to take? Mm -hmm. Because they're still coming in. I get them every week. They're wow. still coming in. And what's fascinating is not just are they coming in of testimonies of victory, but people calling in and emailing me, can you help me? Because I saw those testimonies. Will that work for me? Can you show me what I have to do? And it's amazing because guess what happens next? bear a testimony mm -hmm. and it just keeps going and going and going it's 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 awesome because you almost have these up you have these open doors approaching you and 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 that that's great for being able to witness you know and yes. to be able to spread the gospel and share with share with people the truth because they're already primed and ready to listen to it open right. ears open heart and it's uh Awesome. I mean, what an awesome way to uh, engage with people on, you know, the most important truth that we should come to know in this lifetime is that Jesus is Lord, you know. And yep. That, and that's uh, the, and on the, on the investigative research side, that's the repeatability that research is looking for. Mm -hmm. Not only did it work for them, but it can work for you. Same result. Awesome. It's so powerful. Yeah. Well, Jesus came to set the captives free. I mean, that's, Absolutely. I think that's a great uh, way to end that list of eight hours. 
uh yeah that that list was <clears throat> what doctor was that that uh hang on a second here henry wright yeah dr henry, henry wright out of georgia yeah what a great list so simple too you know it's not it's not complicated God doesn't make it complicated for this this stuff. It's 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 whether you want to follow it or you don't. It's it's always comes down to our will. <laughs> you know, sure. does, do I want to do it or don't I? And I think exactly. most most people just kind of don't want to do it. They'd rather do their own thing. You want to play God or do you want to follow God? Exactly. Right. He created us and so I think it's you know the least we can do is follow him yeah. <laughs> for putting us together. Right. But I've been thinking about this human suffering topic and this this idea that well, why would an all-loving God allow human suffering? And then I really, I was thinking about it today and applying it to my daughter and going, okay, how, how, what would I have to do to eliminate suffering from my daughter's life? Well, I'd have to put her in some kind of a robot suit where I could control all of her actions, make sure I know exactly where she's going, and make sure she doesn't go the places that, you know, she might be in harm's way. And I think about this idea of, you know, if I love somebody that I would put them in a cage and keep them from being able to make their own decisions, that's ridiculous. But it brings me to the other point that, you know, you can either suffer to sin or you can suffer for Christ. Mm -hmm. Human suffering is not going to be eliminated in this walk. No. And that's one of those things, the new agers, I, I hear this a lot from the new age side is there's going to be a new era without suffering. Everybody's going to come together. Everybody's going to get along. And I'm going, wait, but that's not, what history at all teaches us about human beings. You know, we've always warred. We've always had strife among amongst ourselves. We've always had these problems. Um, and that's, I think what some of these people get drawn in by is that there's going to be some kind of new era of enlightenment. Everybody's going to get along. And it's isn't that <laughs> the same thing that they taught us about communism? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very similar, right? Yeah. Eliminate inequality, be gone. Yes. Everybody will be destitute. Yep. Worked for Cuba. <laughs> Ooh, my wife has a good one. Mm -hmm. um, night terrors in children. Is there a tie yes. into all of this? So uh, I can give you a background from my experience. My, um, my dad was in the Rosicrucian order, and he had an altar in my room when I was uh. very little, very little, two, three, four years old. And I remember things coming to me. I remember I was so terrified. Of course, the parents come. They say, oh, you're just having a dream. But these are vivid things. I'm talking about entities coming toward my crib and they're saying new, new, like a new, like a, a, a new, a new being, a new spirit, a new. And they would just they would come and it would be so terrifying. And so my wife asked about this, this night terrors thing, um, how that, you know, could possibly tie to these uh, these experiences that adults are having. I believe they're absolutely correct. <laughs> but keep in mind. You've got to do the research to eliminate everything else first. Right. Right. People, children that have uh, any type of, you know, mental condition that they were born with or they've developed could cause these problems. Right. Um, chemicals can cause these problems. Mm -hmm. So you've got to eliminate all of that first. If you've got everything else eliminated medically and biologically and uh, environmentally and even socially because you could have a bad household going on there mm -hmm. that can cause that too um, then it gets down to all right let's look for some open doors mm -hmm. 
and I guarantee you'll find oh, it. That's yeah. exactly what, that's how I came across all this with this phenomenon. I can take everybody back to an open door. Mm-hmm. If they're saying they don't have any, they're either lying, they don't want to admit it, or we just haven't dug deep enough. Or they're mm-hmm. ignorant of it too. They could just be ignorant. And that's okay, because that's why I say that second group of people, the largest group, is those that have unknowingly opened a door. But you got to get back to where you know where it's at, because you got to be able to shut it and slam it shut. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's a good segue, because all of these experiencers, um, and I forgot what chapter was in your book, um, they all had a door open. Or they mm-hmm. wanted it. They desired this. Sure. Um, and so what What were some of the more common doors that you saw left open? That it, Was it just people asking for it? Or was there... You know, well, that's only one group. Those that asked for it. I mean, there are people that asked for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and be careful what you ask for. And then there's those that are involved in... And we talked about this a few minutes ago. Uh Where'd you say it was uh, Deuteronomy? Was it talking about it? I think but so. Not, think but not to mess with. Anything that God says, don't mess with. If you're involved in it, that's an open door. Because mm-hmm. you're defying what God told you to do. Well, don't you know, eat that fruit. And they back, back to the night terrors real quick. Um, my son actually, my oldest son, when he was little, man, he would just wake up just in terror. But I rebuked that. I, I kind of went through a few things and, you know, he, I believe it or not objects in your house. I know some people don't understand this, but objects can, can invite these things into, and I don't fully understand why I've, I've heard lots of teachings on it and different reasons. The Bible does talk about objects carrying, uh, it's not like they, they inhabit the object, but they can, they, they use the object. Um, so it could be something that's, you know, like I, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, a lot of pe- a lot of kids that were having night terrors uh, with Pikachu from um, what, what was that series called? Uh, the kids, oh, the Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of because a lot of those are linked to entities in New Age and, and Buddhism and all that other stuff. So you got to really watch yes. that stuff. Um, and so you you as the authority of your household have the power to evict them from your home. Because you have Jesus Christ inside of you, so, but you you do have to what you you have to close the doors first. Uh, they find loopholes. That's what they do. That's what these they're they're like uh, they're like the Johnny Cochran of the demonic world. <laughs> they're, they're, if the glove don't if fit, you must have quit. You must have quit. Yes. <laughs> it's like so you have to understand that. And once you close that door, just like Joe was saying, you 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 kick them out. And and if you know it it's. That's just the way they work, and we might not like that, but you have to understand they're cunning. They they've been around forever. These these they're yes. very very cunning. So mm-hmm. we just have to understand that, and you can you can solve that problem. At the same time, keep in mind that just because you shut the door on these entities, like we're talking about now, that appear as aliens and the message that they bring, that doesn't mean the demonic's going to leave you alone. Mm-hmm. But it. They can't come in that guise anymore, okay? You've defeated that part of the delusion. Are they going to tempt you and test you in other ways? Heck, yeah, they are. That's their job, okay? They're going to. But 
you have also learned that once you recognize what it is, you know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. Because it, if you under, let me tell you what, what I did find about these testimonies. Once people not just have the UFO abduction experience, but once they come to the truth through Jesus Christ, that experience is so life-changing that they're not going to want to put up with any more BS from the enemy. Mm -hmm. You talk about empowered believers. That's one thing these people become. They're not the the sit-on-their-hands-in-the-pew believers. These people are on fire for God because they've seen the warfare. They've pulled... They've had the veil pulled back to where they can see who's behind that curtain. Oz isn't so big. <laughs> it's always about influence, right? It's always influence. Yeah. I, I, I've come to learn that magic is psychological. It's not somebody shooting flames out of their yeah. hand, but it's it's suggesting to you in your mind that something is true that is not. That's yes. a that's magic. That's a magic yes. spell. Mm-hmm. Look at the and shiny. These guys ball. are good at it, huh? Yeah. Look at, look at the shiny object, sleight of hand. It's uh-huh. all. It's the same tricks over and over again, maybe in a different form. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's it's the enemy's. I'm, I'm t- cunning. I think that's the word. It, it's really, it's it's deceptive, and and you know the thing is when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived no. until the, until the veil comes off. You know. Yes. When that veil comes off. Your eyes are open. I remember when I became a Christian, it was like the like colors looked different. Like the world looked different. My I was my thought process was different. Everything was different. I was like, what happened? You know, and my wife said it best. She said when she became a Christian, she says, it was like Jesus was standing right in front of me the whole time. And I just kept looking around him. What did I say? Believing is seeing. Mm-hmm. Yep. You've got to be yep. you've got to be the believer to see what we're talking about. And you think about what we're talking about today, and I'm thinking about back when I first became a Christian, and then I stuck everything through the secular education that I was brought up in. (laughs) Before I had a chance to question anything, they were telling me that I evolved from a monkey, and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff happened. And so for many years, I was putting it through that lens over and over again. And I I could tell the story to myself. I could go, okay, Genesis makes sense, so on and so forth. And uh, as the Lord peeled away layers... Eventually, it, it got to the point where it was like, okay, you know, start with my word and go from there. Don't go backwards. Don't go the other way. You know, if there's no evidence to back up what their claims are, you cannot, you cannot go over there. You need to go to the word. But here we are now talking about this, and it's just, it's since I, what am I at? Not, what am I at now? Seventeen? I don't know how many years I've been a Christian. It, I, I was, I got saved when I was 23. I'm 39 now, so do the math. But uh, <laughs> sixteen. <laughs> there you go. So, so, but through those years, it's been you know, there's, those are all deceptions. The the idea that we evolved from a monkey and that God's spoken creation played out over billions of years that that's that's a deception. That's a layer yep. of many layers that are put on us, even as Christians. And so I can see how powerful, coming from an abduct being being an, an abduction experiencer. Y- there are so many Christians who who believe on Christ, but still don't get that concept. Don't don't know what's behind the veil. They or no. they refuse to investigate or read the word and, and learn about what's mm-hmm. behind the veil. And so, yeah, I can imagine how powerful 
they would rather they would rather compromise and allow it to re they'll they'll reinterpret scripture to make that compromise mm -hmm. to hang on to that false belief they'll try to make it fit into that scripture mm -hmm. i know i did i know i did but i it's so much Every time you every time you realize the truth is right there in front of you, because this still happens today where I'm reading scripture and I'm like, whoa, okay. Well, that is something I never read before, even though I've read it over and over. I didn't <laughs> I didn't get that from it. And uh I've learned to try to be open to it because if I'm not, that's when my mind will go into those gymnastics and go, Well, you know, let's let's explain this through the secular eyes or through the flesh. And a lot of it, you know, you take it for face value and it's true. It's just what it is. You know, you just gave an example of what we were talking about earlier, about it being a supernatural <clears throat> book, mm -hmm. a supernatural message from God himself. Yes. That it, you can read it over and over, but all of a sudden it tells you something that you never saw before. And it's the same thing you just read before. Because it continues to speak to us. And that is a supernatural event. Yes. People, if you want to play with the supernatural, come see Jesus. Mm -hmm. yes. There's nothing more supernatural <laughs> than that. Right. That's that's a hundred percent true. <laughs> and he allows you to come to him. Whosoever will can come to him. Yeah. You know, can 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 I mean you can you can restore communion with God that was broken thousands of years ago. Yeah. Through one simple thing, and that's believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That that it, it it's and like you said, it's a difficult hurdle to get over. But think about how many things that people do that are harmful to themselves that they will not change because they would rather be in that misery. Yes. Than to be what's on. Then then they're afraid of what might be on the other side of that hurdle. It's the same thing. Our human behavior, you know, it's it's very, we're very predictable in how we behave. We're and creatures of habit and, and codependent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with trying to help them, but they just want to hang on. Mm -hmm. They they don't want to take that step. They want to hang on to the experience because no, no matter how miserable it's made them or how horrific the testimony of it is, it's at least a reality that they know. Mm-hmm. Yes. You think uh, our sermon today in church actually knows Sunday school. We're talking about the man, the, the lame man at the at the at the water and how. He was there for 38 years. He, he was probably upset and angry. Nobody would carry him down to the water to be healed. All of this stuff is going on and he's looking for help through other people, other flawed people. And then here comes Jesus and Jesus yeah. just says, get up, take your take your bed, get up, walk. And all he had to do was obey Jesus. He did. He obeyed him, got up, and walked. And uh, it's just that simple. All of that turmoil prior to, you know, he was looking for help in all the wrong places. Yeah. And until Jesus came, you know, he didn't know otherwise. And and so many are in that in that situation right now. Well, you just told that same story I told last time from the, the Israelites in the desert. Mm -hmm. Yes. Looking everywhere for mm -hmm. help. But to the cross. Mm -hmm. Yes. Every, Looking to Jesus. So there's so many examples in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Too. So many examples. 
Yeah, you think about the wandering in the desert. Their shoe, their soles of their shoes weren't wearing out. They were being fed daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, they saw the the fire, you know, the the Shekinah glory of the Lord. <laughs> they still were just like that. Yeah. Just shows human nature. I mean, it just shows that we are so weak, weak when it comes to faith. And I mean, how many times does Jesus say, "Oh, ye, ye of little faith"? I mean, it's mm-hmm. and that's never a good thing. Having little faith, that's not a good thing. Now I know people say, "Well, what about the mustard seed?" But that's a whole different different subject. Um, real quick, Joe, Joe, have what's one testimony that stands out amongst all the testimonies? I think you have over what almost seven hundred testimonies. Yeah, they're uh, up there. Uh, what what one stands out for you that was really eye opening and maybe you know changed some perspectives for you and things? Got the, the research one, moving. The one that I felt was the most powerful, and I worked with her for many many years was Joyce Aaron's, and. Joyce Aaron's was a a story that was part of an entire family story. And Joyce has passed away back in 2018, but she had the opportunity to, or or 19, I don't remember. I think the last time I went to Roswell, um, I had her speak with me there. That was the last time I, she had a time to come up and, and speak. And I've got that video on, the uh, my YouTube channel, but most of my talks from my conferences, you will see Joyce, and she was there right from the beginning, and her whole family had been through this experience, and it was just amazing how in depth that story is, and everything that happened to them was aired publicly for years on public TV on the A&E channel, on the sightings channel, when it had the documentaries about abductions. There was that Aaron's family from White Plains, Missouri. Hmm. And there they were talking to John Carpenter of MUFON, who at the time was the only one MUFON had that was working in that realm. And that was early in his career. He was from Springfield. And he did the regressions with them. And their story was just used as a major prime example of what this whole phenomenon was about. But things didn't hold up with her family. Uh, It broke the family apart. A lot of things went downhill because of all of that public exposure. And then she ended up in Florida to visit her sister and move out here and stay with her. Um, I had an opportunity to meet Joyce. She found who I was from a newspaper article. We ended up meeting for the first time after she told me about her story. She was kind of bragging that she was an experiencer, you know, and I was a MUFON guy. She wanted to say, hey, here here I am. I'm in your neighborhood. You know, I just want to let you know who I am. But it wasn't 45 minutes into the conversation on the phone with her that I realized that this was not a happy person. And that's when I thought, okay, got word right there, I need to talk to her. So I said, you know, why don't we just meet face to face and we'll talk? And we did in this little restaurant in Cocoa, Florida. And I shared with her what I really had as a researcher. And she listened intently. And then I got to go. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, you know, I'm losing her. And then she says, no, no, I got to go. I'll give you a call. So up and she left, rocked right out of that, that restaurant. 
and left me sitting there and I'm like, oh man, I just, that was too much for her. A couple of weeks later, I get contacted by her and she says, I got to tell you what happened. Well, her drive home, <laughs> she met Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Awesome. And truth just hammered her. And she says, I want to talk some more. And I said, okay. So I invited her to my home. And Joyce gave her life to Christ right in my living room. Cool. And she became a living testimony. One of the first ones I ever had public. Matter of fact, nobody had seen me do this before. And it was the first talk I did in Roswell in 2003 um, as a conference there. And she's sitting on the front row of the, of the seating because it would be easier to get her up on stage. And this is the only testimony I had. First time I've done this. And I get up there and I, I did the testimony. I said, you know, I can offer you, you know, fuzzy pictures, fuzzy video, but I can offer you real testimony. Well, one of the people that had come to the conference, this old guy sitting beside her, kept interrupting you know, her the whole time while I'm talking. She's trying to focus on me. And uh, he's just yak, 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 you know, about UFO stuff. And then here I make this call at the end. And she gets up from sitting right beside him and comes up on stage. So <laughs> how do you think he felt? You know, and that was one of the one times where we had the opportunity for one of the pastors to show up from in town. And he happened to make it to my talk. And that changed him when he saw that. Hmm. He knew this was real. And uh, that was an amazing time. And that, it went on for 20 years that I worked with her. Well, close to 20 years. Um, conference after conference that I could get her to to, to testify. In 2010, I was in Nashville, and I was hoping that she would come to the one in Nashville I was at, Christian conference. And I was going to have her husband come and, you know, also. And because uh, by that time, she was only with me about five years here in Florida. And then she was working as a florist, uh, did flower arrangements in a florist shop uh, full time and attended my church. My Anybody attended my church knew Joyce. She was on fire for the Lord more than anybody. And, uh, one day she was headed to work in the morning and the Lord spoke to her and said, go to the beach. So she went down to the beach, took off her shoes, walked out in the water. And the Lord spoke to her and said, go home. And she went back home to Missouri, back to her family. And she shared with them what she had found. Amazing things happened. Her son came to the Lord, who was, you'll also see in the videos if you watch them from when they used to show on TV. Her husband came to the Lord. The only one that didn't make a change that has fought it, and I don't know where she's at today, but was her daughter. The one the whole story was about baby taken from the crib as they watched it in their memory. But I did have the opportunity while Joyce was at the church with us. I asked my pastor, I said, 
Joyce's daughter's coming to visit. And I said, I'd like the opportunity, if you don't mind, to invite her to church. She wants to come to church. She's heard about her mom's change. This is before she went back home. And I'd like to be able to do my talk that day in church. So he said, you got it. And I brought other testimonies there. Not just Joyce was there, but I had other testimonies come in um, just for this one time. Her daughter sat right there on that front row and listened every word I said and was in tears the whole time. Hmm. I brought those testimonies up at the end. I brought her mom up just like I had been doing. And I brought these other testimonies up to support what everything her mom had been saying. When it came to the end, I told her, I said, can I have a few minutes to talk with you by yourself? And I said, I may never get this opportunity again. And she says, okay. So we went outside and I told her, I said, you may not accept everything you heard here today, but you'll never be able to forget it. You will always have a litmus paper to judge what you are believing. You will never make it go away. It's burned into your mind, your heart, and your soul. It's up to you to walk over to the side with the Lord to help you. She had actually lost her kids in a court battle for a divorce. Those, those videos that were on TV, the judge had used them. Had given Because the judge had got a chance to see him from her ex-husband, the judge says, he gets the kids, hmm. not you. So this was not a good thing. I don't know where she's at today, but in 2010, when I wanted to get him, Joyce and her husband to the conference in Nashville, she couldn't make it because her husband had, was very sick with cancer. And then he ended up passing away. But we got his testimony before he passed away. While he was sick in the home, she was caring for him. These beings made themselves present to him. And she heard him rebuking these beings from the kitchen. And he told her this story and they disappeared. So we got that testimony. We know that he came to the truth. We know that he, awesome. he experienced the power of Jesus Christ. Her son, he was so excited about all of this finally coming to the truth and him finally coming to the truth. I was able to get both of them out to Roswell to a conference in 2010 after the Nashville talk. Um, I got Joyce and her son out there. In that conference, you'll see it on my, face, my uh, YouTube channel. That's on Holy Communion, Casualties of a Cosmic War. Watch that video. And you will see Joyce and her son at the end. That's the book, but look at the video oh. on, on YouTube. If you go to that, that video, you will see me bring them both up at the end. And I give a remembrance for her husband too. But it's an opportunity where you see the whole family and the results of what Jesus could do to turn that whole story around. One of the most powerful stories that millions and millions of people 
saw about their experiences, but nobody has shared the end of the story, the rest of the story. That part doesn't get aired about how everybody come to the truth. Man. I still keep in touch with Danny, that uh, her son. Um, I'm still hoping that we can someday put something together. You know, if I can get somebody that's got the backing to, to, to put that story together, because I really think that rest of that story needs told. I've got all the videos and pictures that we spent together, you know, and stuff we can look back on. You got his testimony we can use and we interview him. <clears throat> and I think he would be part of it. But that's a powerful story. And even if it never gets put together, I can tell you this story. So sad that the actual moment where victory happens is held back. That's just, yeah, that's sad. Um, so uh, moving on here, a great story, by the way. That's an amazing testimony. Um, you picked a good one. <laughs> that was incredible. Uh, so if I had to pick a top three in my abduction, you know, most famous abductions, I mean, Travis Walton is probably right there in the top three when you when you say or probably number one i mean i think everybody knows the travis walton story if they didn't sure. know it before the movie came out they definitely knew it after fire in the sky sure uh, i'm gonna play this clip and then i want you to kind of comment on the, on the travis walton story okay So playing devil's advocate here, you've got five witnesses, supposedly. Was it five or six? I don't whatever it was. Um, supposedly witness this this event that happens, right? And the, the other side is going to say, well, so what? You're going to say they all had this delusion. They were all, you know, drunk. Yeah. They were all this, that. How, how do you explain that 
from your research if you've had multiple people supposedly seeing the same event? Well, keep in mind, what did they see? That's the question. Because what you looked at was Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Okay. A lot of that was exaggerated to make the effects sure. and make the money for that movie. I've listened to his story many, many times. And I've actually had that opportunity to ask him what I thought was a very important question about his experience. Because I never understood is he really telling a true memory? Or is this something that was made up? Because there's a lot of people that have done the research on this whole thing. And they saw a lot of open doors. We would call them open doors. But there was a lot of things setting up all of this that it could have been something that they played. I needed to get to a real answer about that. But what you just watched right there and listening to what how he tells the actual events, what they saw was not a craft. They saw what appeared to be a fire in the sky. That's the term that was used. What you saw there was a craft. Mm-hmm. That's not what they says that they saw. Right. Okay, so that's one, if you break that down. The other part is they didn't see him get taken. They saw him, something happened to him, and he hit the ground. So we got nothing that says he's been taken. That's the last thing they saw was him laying on the ground. Nothing says that thing in the air took him. Neither does his story validate that or the, the, other, test, the other testimonies. They drove off, okay? And then he ends up, they can't find him. They went, had search teams out looking four or five days, and then he shows up, okay? There's nothing to say that he actually went anywhere. There's no evidence to prove that he went anywhere. So there's a lot of things here that are what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. So the question that I thought was most important, was this a supernatural event or just misunderstood event? That's my question, Mm -hmm. because that makes a big difference, I think, when you really look at it. So the question I had the opportunity to ask him in 2018 at the MUFON Symposium in Philly, when he spoke there, was I got up got the microphone at the end, had a chance. I said, look, it's not really a question. It's I want you to um, tell me what you, you know, what happened here. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to get you to tell me something. Uh, It's not really asking a question yet. I want him to, I asked him, I said, I want to take, I want you to go back. And you happen to pick the perfect scene that I'm, I asked him about, Mm -hmm. I said, you're going through the woods. You saw this thing from a distance, this light in the sky through the trees, this fire in the sky, you guys called it. When you got up upon a close place to it and stopped, Travis jumps out of the truck. Okay. Here's where my question comes in. I said, I want you to take yourself back to that moment when you jump out of the truck and you go over to look and see what this is. You there? 
He goes, yep. What do you hear? Silence. Not all the noise you heard in that clip. Travis says, silence. No cicadas, no noises in the woods, no wind blowing through the trees. Not the guys yelling, but silence. Why? Because this is identical to the descriptions of people that have reported close encounter events with these UFOs, UAPs. This is what is called the Oz factor, turned by Jenny Randalls in the 1990s, a British researcher, because she was coming across these same types of testimonies where people that were having a close in proximity encounter experienced total silence while the event was happening. It's, they report it felt like time stood still. Hmm. Go back and look at the 1994 Zimbabwe school incident with 80 kids on a playground, no adults. Two beings show up with some type of object, craft type object. The testimonies are all different. What they saw is different from each other. The way these be these beings moved was like they were here, and then they're there, and then they're back here. Nothing like we would do. And then they talk about silence. And it's like, again, like everything was in slow motion. Again, that's the same effect that Travis says he experienced too. What we're seeing here, I believe, is they're in close proximity to a manifestation of one of these angelic beings. Because in their realm, time doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think on certain manifestation events, like the UFO phenomenon, where they will appear that they're encapsulating themselves or the experience itself is still part of that realm inside our realm and people in close proximity get to experience that kind of like a bubble yeah type thing mm -hmm. and if you really get into the science my my good friend ian juby a creation scientist out of canada one of the top leading mensa students there uh, he, him and I talked about this on a podcast that I had him on that I was doing. And we talked about the capabilities that are seen with these UAPs, like the Tic Tac. It's maneuverability factor. And on that show, you will hear us talk about how is that possible? And in his genius... We were talking about this, and I asked the question, well, what would it take for that to be possible? He says, well, first of all, what does it take to be what it is? And let's say if you took one of the factors out, what would, what would you see? If you took out the factor of time, 
with speed and direction, all of that. But if you took the time factor out, none of that matters. No, the rest of it matters. Thank you. It, it doesn't become about uh, velocity and and, uh, and 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 being torn up by the atmosphere. None of that matters because Thank there's you. mobility. There's not. A, yeah, that is so that's a great. What concept. we're actually thinking that we're seeing here which can't be defined or described by physics mm -hmm. is this is that same bubble they're manifesting something that appears in this bubble and that bubble has the ability gives it the ability which they already that is their ability mm -hmm. to move at extreme speeds to show up here and there because time doesn't exist in the bubble because that's from their realm which would wow i that i just kind of had a uh, moment here <laughs> an epiphany um you know a lot of these film when they slow and show slow motion it looks like they're kind of like moving from one spot and then all of a sudden they're like in another spot another spot it's it's we don't ever really see them traveling consistently in a you know in a, in a linear linear line like what an airplane would yeah. The same thing I just told you yeah. about the kids on that playground. They describing the motions of the beings. Hmm. That's fascinating. Let me play that video real quick in case people haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure everybody's seen it by now. But uh, um, Joe, by the way, this video, when, when the U.S. Navy released it, I mean, I, the timing seemed kind of... <laughs> conspicuous i don't i don't know i i think every you know every time they disclose something um there's something up the well, other up the sleeve right yeah keep in mind it was a lot older than yes. the time period that they released it yeah and was they're this trying on... to understand it they got to have something they can say to comfort us sure if they're going to release it sure was this was uh was this on tucker's show when they first released it tucker i remember Carlson? that's yeah that's had, where uh, i remember i think from. so <laughs> yeah uh here it is Yeah. We're on, bro. There's a whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. Bro, going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Oh, I think, dude. That's not our LNS, though, is it? It's not. It is an LNS, dude. Well, if there's like a thing. It's Michael, I think you would know this better than I would, but do do uh, naval pilots talk like "Hey, dude, bro" <laughs> stuff on their, on their <laughs> headsets? I don't know. It seems a little uh, odd to me. You 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 you'd be surprised. Okay, what right. you hear on those uh, communication. <laughs> uh, I just always thought Whoa, that was bro. funny. Yeah. Dude, okay. Did you see that? Now, they, somebody just released a map that they put together of the grouping locations of all these sightings off the southern coast of California, okay? It's fascinating to look at that and what's being seen there, all put together. You need to hear the testimony of my co-author. What did the guy say in the video? My God, there's a whole fleet of them. Mm -hmm. Wait till you hear Jason's testimony. 
Jason is in a vehicle, a truck, with somebody else. They're seeing an armada of ships above Pacific Coast Highway as they're driving. They're totally freaked out by what they're seeing. Okay? Pacific Coast Highway, right off L.A. An armada of ships. These things can make themselves present for certain people and not for others. They can make themselves physical or not physical. Hmm. They can make them be seen on radar or not seen on radar. To be picked up by infrared or not be picked up by infrared. This is an ability that these things have. Jason, in his testimony, when you hear it, is just chilling to the bone. They even stopped at a gas station, Minute Mart type deal, trying to get somebody, hey, hey, look, do you see that? You know, because they thought they were just going crazy. One guy, he talks there at the gas pump, the guy standing there just looking up. And he goes over and he talks to him. The guy's just not saying a word, just staring at him. But at least Jason realizes the guy sees him. And he asks him about him. And the guy tells him, yeah, I see him all the time. Hmm. He tries, he stops a police officer, goes to a police officer that's there, gets him to roll the window down. He's trying to tell him, hey, I'm not crazy. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a businessman and, you know, I'm a professional. And, but I'm seeing these things, you know, where you just stick your head out the window and look up. The guy would not do it. Hmm. The cop would not do it. Hmm. he wouldn't dare stick his head out that window. He told him, go home. Dang. But they actually encountered some college students coming out of another place. And they stopped and said, hey, do you guys see those? And they were able to see them too. <laughs> but what about the t how many millions others that are right there? This is broad daylight. This is not nighttime. Huh. Man. In that same place. And what's that place? The City of Angels. Oh. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I just, oh, just throw it out there. That's, yeah. That's right? funny. <laughs> wow. Man. Interesting. Well, hmm. I have to say, I've never seen, you know, anything out of the ordinary. Uh, I have looked up and seen, you know, like what appear to be a star that changes directions. That's really weird. You know, something moving looks like maybe it's a satellite and then it changes directions, goes the other way. Um, but other than that, you know, I, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm glad I haven't interacted with these things. Yeah. I would rather not, but, uh, yeah. that's about the extent of what I've, what I've ever seen. Now I've seen plenty of videos. I've seen videos of people, sh uh, filming shooting stars. One recently, in fact, he was shooting, it was a shooting star. And then it just stopped. And then it was just, it would look like a star in the sky and it didn't move anymore. Yeah. And that was pretty incredible um, yep. that he caught that on film. The ones they're catching on the infrared scopes looking up at high altitude. You know, the thing's mm -hmm. dancing all over like there's a battle going on up there. Man. Yeah. It's raging. We know it's raging because it's spilling over into the physical realm. It's, it's spilling over into everybody's daily life. When you're getting hammered with it over and over on the news, even if you don't care about this stuff, 
you're hearing it. Mm-hmm. You're getting, you're hearing people talk about it. You're seeing clips of it shown everywhere. You, you eventually, this is going to reach everybody. Do do you? Because uh, I don't know where we are on the timeline. You know, I, I I'm not going to claim to know when the end is. But uh, do you? Uh, do you see an increase in this? Uh, is it, is it? It is increasing. Yes. Okay. Because that's something I was I was I've, I've wondered often if the battle rages and gets worse and worse as as and our... not just and not just increased. It's morphed hmm. to okay. you know the emperor's new clothes. He keeps changing clothes, changing his appearance. Man, I know. Uh, La Marzulli always says it's burgeoning. Yes. Yeah. And it is, you know, and but it could, I, I don't know how you can really um, prove that it's, I mean, I, I believe it's burgeoning, but I think it's because more people have cameras now. We have more fun. Like it, it was it always, like in your opinion, would you say it's always been the same? It's always been there, but it's just, there's more eyes on it. Now. There's more people looking for it, more people accepting it. Because uh, to me, it just seems like the demonic activity has always been there. I mean, you go back to Ephesians six, and this is where the armor of God. Sure. So, so for me, it, it just seems like it's always been there. Uh, it might have been in different forms through through different you know centuries or cultures or whatever. But it's for me, it just seems like it's it's our people. People seem more readily available for it now. They're willing to have this. They want it, and maybe because, that's because because it's morphed is something that's more and more and more acceptable to what they want it to be. Mm-hmm. And that is why I don't believe this is just a continuation of the battle that's been going on since the garden against humanity, you know, between God and Satan and, you know, humanity being the prize. I don't think this is just a continuation. This is this is completely in a different level. This is in a level that it's hard to even explain how much bigger it is, and that's why I believe that this is actually part of the strong delusion, and that is the scary part mm-hmm. for for those that don't know it, mm-hmm. because the strong delusion says that God sends this, and He sends it for a reason. He sends it to test you to mm-hmm. see who you follow because who you choose is going to determine your eternal position. That's right. And he's finally saying enough is enough. Mm -hmm. You want something different here? Do you like this? (laughs) Or do you like this? Or do you like this? Instead of me, I'm going to give it to you. That makes sense. And if you're a talk to talk believer, you better watch it because mm-hmm. those are the ones that are susceptible. Mm-hmm. If you're not grounded in a relationship, a true relationship, and in God's word, this deception is going to deceive you because you're not the elect. Right. The the the, the word tells us that you know it's it's harmful for us to be double minded and and recent research has come out showing this actually yes. you know manifesting in people's mental health that you know people without faith and people with all in faith they're in better mental both of them 
both groups are, have a, a better mental health overall than those who are wishy-washy about the faith and sure you know ah uh, well i believe but yeah you know and 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 you know the bible confirms it of course but then here you have research popping out that shows you know this phenomenon is real this is a real thing again yet again the the word is proven true <laughs> yes as it always <laughs> as does as it always is <laughs> you know yes. it, and that's that's a good place to probably end this is where it doesn't matter whether anything i say is is real or not at all my opinions my views my research on this none of it matters because it doesn't matter what you are dealing with whether it be the paranormal in some form ufos crack cocaine methamphetamine alcohol prostitution gambling it doesn't matter because all of these everything that's affecting your life can be stopped, terminated, and you get your life back to a beautiful, peaceful, loving life Amen. with Jesus Christ. Yes. So who cares about the details? Right. It's the end result. We talked about this today. It's the being given over to yes. things that are other than Christ. You know, yes. you can be given over to all of the things you listed. And there's so many other things, you know, we can give, be given sure. over to. So. I would say that the you know this this seeking after these entities would be that's a very dangerous one you know yes. to be given over to. So good stuff. Yeah, I mean it's, the, it's been. A, go ahead. Well, you know the greatest law is to love them with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And mm -hmm. if you're not doing that, you really have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, "Am I truly in love with him and following him and obeying him?" Mm -hmm. um, that's the true test. And I mean, that's a hard thing to do sometimes because it we, is that in fact, mo it, almost all the time, it's, it's a really difficult time because none of us want to look in the mirror and, and see the ugly side of us. But that the good news is the ugly side of us is the side that Jesus came to, to rescue. We were yes. all ugly. We were all, you know, disfigured. We were all sinners with this, this innate cancer inside of us that the only cure is him. And so yes. we don't have to be frightened of running to him and saying, yeah, oh, man, I keep doing this thing. Or, this, this vice keeps coming back. And why do I keep doing, running in the same circle? We, we should run to him, not run away from him. You know, right. the, prodig the prodigal son story, there's multiple layers there. But I mean, the, the, the basic fundamental truth is that the son took the father's, uh, took his inheritance before his dad was dead. I mean, what an insult especially in the Jewish culture back then. And he runs off and he spends it on prostitutes and partying and the best food and the best, you know, everything. And then he runs out of money. And next thing you know, he's eating out of a trough with pigs. He's like, what have I done? And yet he runs, he comes back to dad and his dad doesn't wait for him. His dad runs out to him, meets him and gives him a big old hug and says, welcome back. While the other son is ticked off because... <laughs> Well, what, what do you mean? I've been here working all the time, you know, in your household and, and taking care of the farm and doing this and that, right? That's that's the two mindsets. You yeah. know, that's that's the mindset. It's either done by works or it's done by grace. I'm very, very thankful that it's done by grace. Yes. And that I don't, because I will, you can't get back to perfect. Perfect was spoiled no. by Adam. So there's no getting back. You so, can't do enough works. And yeah. how do you know if you missed one or not? Right. And that's what all the other isms are based on is works. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever makes it. 
it's a lie because mm -hmm. you can't complete every work. Mm -hmm. But here, if you miss something, you're still okay. You repent and you yes. go back to him. That's amazing. You know, I think that's the message of the gospel is offensive because it's, I don't know what it is about human beings, but we all feel like we have to do something. Like we have exactly. to earn something. I think, you know, we, I remember just being brought up as a kid. You're always taught, well, do this, do this, do this. And then, then you get a cookie or, you know, or you get a reward for whatever it is. And I think we've, we've all kind of had that mindset growing up indoctrinated with that. And it's so hard to break free of that. I, I grew up as a Catholic, so, I mean, it was always do something. It was You were constantly <laughs> under the burden of doing this, doing that, uh, you know, and, and, and then, oh gosh, Lent and all, the whole thing. And I look back and I think, oh, my gosh, the indoctrination that was just going on and the levels of <laughs> – and it was such hypocrisy. I just saw hypocrisy everywhere. And, and the freedom of knowing Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior is something that words cannot explain. We're doing it no justice here. But, you know, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. But, exactly. But to experience that love and knowing that you're accepted, even, even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for everybody to get, you know, cleaned up and better. There was no getting clean. You couldn't. It was impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, I, a friend of mine, she's, she's gone, ugh, boy, she's just off the rails a lot of times. And, I, and I've told her, I said, she, she has a particular sin that she thinks can't be forgiven. And I said, so Jesus came to forgive everybody's sins, all the sins of the world, except your one sin. That's what you're telling me. I said, you know, that's the calling God a liar. That's, mm -hmm. that's even worse than your sin. Yes. <laughs> and it's unbelief, mm -hmm. which is the ultimate sin. So, you, you know, she's got these other sins that are worse. And I told her, I says, well, if, she says, well, you know, in Matthew, it talks about uh, that it, adultery is her issue. She says, so uh, you know, and her adultery was like, this is like 50 years ago when she did this, right? And she's and she claims to know Jesus. She says, I love him all the time, but yet she can't get over the sin. And I told her, I said, well, you know what? I said, if you're going to live by the law, the Bible says you're going to die by the law. So I want you to go to church this Sunday and I want you to talk to the elders and the pastor and say, uh, to confess your sin. And then they're going to take you out in the parking lot and everybody's going to grab a stone <laughs> and they're going to stone you. Because that's what the Old Testament required of adultery. So are, are you okay with that? And she's like, and she starts laughing. I said, well, that's not funny. I said, you said you want to live by the law. That's that's the consequence. Mm -hmm. I said, now, what would you rather have? Them come out and stone you to death? Or would you rather accept the free gift of grace that Jesus provided for you on the cross? And she just cannot, She there is a spiritual block that she can just not get that through her in her spirit. She cannot do it. She just I was thinks, there. Oh, it is so hard. Yep. But as soon as she makes that choice, mm -hmm. she's going to go, oh, that was so easy. <laughs> That's right. Once you take that one step through the veil, you look back and you go, why was that so hard? It's, it's actually quite sad. I mean, when I talk to her, it gets frustrating because I've been talking to her for years about the same thing over and over. And she'll call into Christian shows and you know, and order books online and TV, you know, Christian TV. And I'm just like, and they tell her the same thing. Most of them tell her the same thing, the good ones. And, and it's, and, but she doesn't want to hear it. She can't hear that answer. That's not the answer she wants. And it's similar to what you're talking about with these, 
these abduction cases there if you exactly. want it and you just want it's the same mental uh a block that it's it's it doesn't matter what the situation is it's the same thing it's just a repeatable thing and it, and it's sad it's really sad to watch and that brings up something about the testimonies what you're just saying there because i have these hundreds and hundreds of testimonies that are different they're all the same that they're victorious through jesus christ but the testimonies are different mm -hmm. what they've been through is different and i think that is what's made this so powerful this ministries because it that book you have my book there's 60 testimonies in there i've had people that come back to me and go you know that testimony of so and so that was me that's the one that reached me and it's like oh my now i got this this is why they're different because somebody is going to find the one that jesus uses to get to their heart this is why they're all so different this is why I need to put them all and make them available because somebody needs to hear that one that they can relate to. And that's the one that the Lord is going to use to bring them across. Yes. Amen to that. And that's why I'm, it's important. All of us share our testimony. Yes. All of us Christians, because I've, 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 I do a testimony show where I have people on to share their testimony. And, and um, th I've had so many people that are, you know, well, you know, my testimony is not that great. Or I grew up in a Christian household and I, and, and I tell them, look, every testimony is valuable. You never know, yes. you know, uh, somebody may have grown up in a Christian household and been burned by the church, but hearing mm -hmm. your testimony might help them to reconcile that, you know, because there's yes. so many people out there that base their unbelief off of what so-and-so Christian so-called did or said. And, um, not on the truth, you know, of God's word. We're always going to let each other down. We're human beings. Sure. That's why I say, don't trust me. Trust the evidence. Yes. Always. For sure. It's been a, it's, this has been a good we show. Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. I was, <laughs> I was trying to pull up uh, Joe's websites and stuff and uh, I didn't know the sound was on. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a fairly early meeting in the morning, so I'm yeah. probably going to Yeah, we're going to close this up here. right now. Um, Joe, man, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Just a yes. chock full of information as usual and great information and exposing the deception that is Satan's greatest lie of all time, which is this alien nonsense. Um, it's, it's been such a pleasure again. Um, I've learned so much from you just over the years, and I'm extremely thankful to your ministry and what you've done and, and, yes. and, and staying on the tracks. And I know you spoke earlier how you've, you've often entertained the idea, wow, I could really make you know a lot of money doing this. And that. But I appreciate you sticking to the truth, and, yeah. and um, you know, that, that means a lot to me personally. And I have to tell you, I appreciate the ministry you guys do because we've all been given different things. You know, God uses us for different purposes because of abilities or whatever we have. And I have the ability to speak. I'm not a writer. Uh, that was whole supernatural in itself. Getting I was going to say there. that was an actually, <laughs> I found it very uh, readable uh, and entertaining. That's a whole nother story in itself. I'm telling you. And it's an amazing story. But what you guys do, I tried this podcast thing. I, I don't feel comfortable at it. I'm not good at it. <laughs> But if it wasn't for what you guys are doing, my voice wouldn't be heard. And that's why I commend you guys for, for being able to put yourselves out there. Because without what you do, 
I cannot reach the world. I need these avenues. And I so appreciate the opportunity, you know, to come on here because this show is going to reach many, many more people. You know, those, those videos on my YouTube channel where I filmed myself, had myself filmed talking at a conference in Roswell, that I would be lucky if it had 100 people in it because there's so much going on during the festival. Mm -hmm. But I go back and look at them, and they got tens of thousands of thousands of thousands of views. I just did one a few weeks ago that I'm just blown away. You know, one little podcast, an hour long, I did with this lady, and it's got 77,000 wow. views. It's a stadium full of people that Amazing. I was talking to. Amazing. But did I get to stand in that stadium? No, I didn't. But God made that stadium yeah. by putting this out there the way you guys are doing this. So we have no idea where this is going. Well, we have no idea the power that God can take and use this type of channel for and this type of talk for. And I hope that he just reaches the heart of somebody listening now. Well, thank you for the kind words. We definitely appreciate that. Yes. Me, Michael and I have talked about this many times that our views, when I was on YouTube, I was starting to gain, it was it was gaining traction finally. It took you know a long time. And then they, they shut me down. <laughs> they just erased the channel. <laughs> Um, so now, you know, we're on alternative platforms and things like that. And Foxhole has been great. I mean, Foxhole is just a phenomenal Patriot run, mostly Christian, uh, platform here. And these guys have just done amazing work. And, um, this is going to be a great bigger platform than it is already. It's only been around what a year and a half or something like that. Um, uh, rumbles great, but you know, it's, it's hard building these, these getting the views and all that stuff without spending a lot of money and and sure and i you know i have a job i have a family so it's it's difficult but we i appreciate the kind words um you know i think michael and i have talked about this many times that i think we're approaching a day and i think this is very soon where a lot of things are going to start turning for good we're, we're going to see a lot of things a lot of justice and righteousness come back to this nation i really feel it god has shown me so many just great days coming we just got to get through this, this, you know, the nonsense right now. Sure. Um, and I, we've both said that we're not so concerned about the number of views we're getting now because we know in the days ahead, people are going to be searching out this stuff. They're going to be, they're going to want to have answers and they're going to, you know, they're going to look at the hashtags or whatever we're using, you know, to, to gain, gain attention. And then they're going to, our programs will pop up and our guests. And that's the ultimate goal for both of us. It's, I don't it's not about fame and fortune no. and making money. It's like, you know, this is about getting the gospel out in an alternative way. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to go stand on a soapbox in the middle of town square. That's not me. That's not my, who I am. Um, I, I feel comfortable doing this now. I didn't feel comfortable a year ago. I can tell you, can, you can watch my first couple videos and it's horrifying. Um, so, and I know, you know, Michael's the same way. Michael has a connection on screen where people, you know, he's trustworthy, right? We, we're not, I'm not fake. I'm not a fake plastic Christian. Michael's not a fake plastic Christian. Joe, you're obviously not. I mean, you've been out doing this for 27 plus years yeah. in the face of adversity every day and you're still doing it. And, and yeah. that, I think that's what people want. They want real, they're sick of plastic. So I, you know, I think, I think. The days are very bright for all of us ahead. I really believe that. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
one right. thing I wanted. Uh, oh, sorry. One Mike. thing I wanted yeah. to say before we ended is, um, well, I guess I could say it afterwards, but uh, I would sure love to invite uh, your co-author on for a testimony stream. Absolutely. Uh, to hear his testimony and to uh, just, you know, just to get that side of it, that side of that story, because oh, he will make you cry. He's power. Stuff. It's a powerful story. Um, send me an email asking okay. for the information i will forward it to him okay. and you will get a response wonderful okay i'll send you an email thank you i was just on with him last weekend on a show and he still blows me away it's just so awesome um yeah he, he, he's he's a powerful man in christ awesome such powerful testimony um you know it was amazing because i didn't know where all my work was going after Joyce passed away and then the Lord brought Jason into my life and I'm going like wow <laughs> just wow That's awesome. and his fits his is fits this time more than Joyce's did I mean when you hear his testimony you just you're just gonna go oh my I'm telling you can't wait for that. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then if, yeah, the Ray Boucher, you said, I'm sorry, I forgot. Uh, you said to. Go on Facebook. He's got, Facebook, I'll send you right. his page on Facebook. Okay, great. And then uh, you can hit him up through Messenger. Excellent. And uh, I'll, I'll put a heads up through Messenger with him and then let him know that you're looking to do a show and see awesome. if he's open to it. Appreciate it. Uh, I don't know how much he's talking over the past years. Um, but I'll let him decide that with you. Excellent. But I'll awesome. put my plug in for you. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, oh, you know what I? Jeez, oh, how stupid! I didn't. I meant to ask at the beginning of the show. How did the hurricane affect you at all? Um. Wow, that's a fascinating story too. It <laughs> tore up the coast on the mm -hmm. west side. I live on the east side. That eye wow. walked right across us. Oh, wow. And uh, I lost power for one day, and it was just my little block. Everybody around us had power. Hmm. And then they, the guys were out the next day, hooked us back up, no problem. Okay. Um, but it, it shook the trees, got all the loose stuff out, but that was it. Hmm. But when I went to Daytona yesterday, I didn't realize how bad they got hit. All those... Uh, hotels on the beach and the big tall condos on the beach there were piles piles of debris where they had cleaned out apartments that had blown windows out or whatever mm -hmm. um there were huge tractor trailer trucks parked along the a1a there next to those buildings and they were for uh disaster relief you know mm -hmm. different companies that were in to take care of those issues but I saw trees pulled over. I saw houses on A1A that had uh, rooftops completely torn off. So I didn't even realize that they had gotten hit that hard. But it walked right over us. And, you know, it was like, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it, yes, indeed. Yeah, they I said think, the winds were I like think, 200 miles an hour in some spots. Yeah. And I, I got some good video looking out the window. We were like, oh, wow, this is pretty bad. Um, but everything held up fine. Good. Um, you know, we talked about the bubble that these entities have when they come into this realm. Uh, I have no doubt that God can put that bubble over us, too. 
Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I, that's what gosh, he did in my accident. <laughs> I got to tell you, I was in. We went to Myrtle Beach a couple of years ago for vacation, and I've never been in a hurricane. I'm a northerner, so I mean, we're on the Great Lakes. We don't have hurricanes, mm. <laughs> uh, and so. I went down there and we're about maybe 10 hours away from getting there. And we find out there's a hurricane on the way. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I call the hotel and I said, hey, you know, I, what do I do? I'm like, I've never been in one. I'm a northerner. Don't get, he's, he's laughing. He's like, ah, this is only a category two. It's no big deal. He's like, yeah, I might get up to 100 miles an hour, 100 times. I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty bad to me. You know, I've seen 60 mile an hour winds and that was bad. So we go down there and, um, and we pull in and now the storm hadn't hit yet. It was about maybe five hours away. So uh, we're on the 11th floor. We're about a hundred yards from the Atlantic <laughs> ocean. And I'm, nice. I'm sitting there and I'm seeing the clouds rolling. I'm like, Oh, this does not look good. So I call up my neighbors and uh, they're older. And I, I said, Hey, you know, I, I, I'm going to need some prayer. So <laughs> cover us in prayer down here. We're going to kind of weather the storm. So I'm, I'm sitting on the balcony between two brick walls. I watched the entire storm and didn't feel one drop of water and felt no wind at all. And now, and it's howling and I'm seeing, you know, the, and there was this, um, they had a sand like, um, barricade that was, you know, obviously it was there for hurricanes. And I, I just got the boldness while I was sitting there. I said, you know what? Wait a minute. Jesus spoke to the storm. I'm going to speak to the storm. And my neighbor said the same thing. She's like, Spe well, speak to it. Tell it to stop. And I'm like, and I mean, this sounds crazy. I know like people are like, okay, yeah, whatever. I actually, and so I, and I was a little embarrassed because I didn't know if anybody else <laughs> was out on their balconies <laughs> listening. So I put my hand I, and I aimed it towards the ocean. And, and I said, in the name of Jesus, you will not breach that barricade. You will not breach that sandbar. You will stay where, where, where the Lord commanded you to stay within your bounds. And I'm not joking. It was within like 10 minutes. Like it just kind of like I watched it. I watched the, the waves kind of roll back out towards the ocean. And it, it didn't come over the, the bank there. And they were predicting it too. So I don't, you know, I don't know. You can, you know, it was just, just a little anecdotal story, I guess. <laughs> so just one more thing on the crazy list that people already think about. Me. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thanks guys so much. Uh, chat. Love you guys. Thank you for dropping in. Neo dropped in here at the last second. Neo. Good to see you. Um, hope all's well with you. Plant Patriot. Um, I'm going to DM you after the show. Um, I, I know you said you were lurking earlier and I'm going to, I don't, I don't want to say it on, I'll DM you. We'll, we'll talk about something. Um, don't forget to release the scratching. Oh gosh. Yeah. Always forget that. <laughs> Good job. Um, I usually forget too. So I always do. Okay. Release. Okay. It is uh, released. Get yourself some gold pills. Be blessed y'all. We love you. Uh, what is today? Sunday. So I'm live. Uh, I'm live Tuesday with um that's with megan that's going to be uh, red white and boom that's going to be at eight o'clock um i think we have a i think we have a guest coming on she's got someone um and then i'm live wednesday night robert is gone now my partner in crime robert is gone on insight live he's he's working night shift so i'm probably just going to go solo i might do a bible study on wednesday i haven't done one in a while um and then thursday night we got rescue the fosters and uh and then obviously me and michael have the blender at 10 o'clock on thursday so yeah loaded week of shows hope hopefully you guys will join us um hopefully you found tonight's show interesting a lot of good comments in the chat joe they love you good um, yeah, yeah very good very good uh michael what do you got coming up 
The only thing I know of this week is Wednesday Bible study. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 6, uh, 6 p.m. Central. And I don't know if I'm going to have my guests on. Um, I'm still waiting for these two, these filmmakers, uh, to get back with me. So I will announce that early in the week if I'm going to have them on. But cool. so far, just Wednesday, 6 p.m., and then Thursday with you on the blender. Excellent. Sounds good. And uh, Michael will have his soapbox for the, the first soapbox <laughs> of the blender, right? Is, is yeah, that yeah. correct, Michael? Okay, look, cool. Look, look, watch this. <laughs> nice. Ready to go. Ready to go. So. Yeah, that's nice. nice. Yes. <laughs> I'll go it. on a rant. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have thought of that. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys, have a great night. We will talk to you uh, soon. Take care. Be blessed. All right. God bless. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Oops, I'm. Uh, I was ready to play the intro again. Sorry, I meant the outro. Here we go. You're still here. It's over. Go home. Go.